like sorry leave i should explain what i'm doing <laughs> uh, yeah. my fitbit has a uh like a thing where it tells me every once in a while like oh you need to get up and walk around but sometimes i'm too lazy and i don't want to so i just wave my arm like this and it counts for steps <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm just i'm getting my steps in <laughs> this podcast contains explicit language listener discretion is advised Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Lucas. My name is Christian. And I'm Liam, here with another podcast that just talks about movies. All right, welcome, everybody. Today, we are coming to you live from the air, falling at a rapid pace and somehow miraculously surviving. <laughs> That's right. And Yeah, and today we are sponsored by our patrons. That's right. Every single one of you is going to get a, sh- what a shout shock. out at the end of the show. I don't even know if we need to say who our sponsors are anymore because it's just, <laughs> it is kind of redundant, but yes. I mean, yeah, we got to shout them out. <laughs> yeah, it, it is one of the perks. Uh, that is true. Cool. What are we talking about today, Lucas? Today we're going to be talking about one of uh, the most popular action stars of all time, probably. Uh, Mr. Harrison Ford. That's right, Mr. Harrison Lakeith Stainfield Ford. <laughs> what? I don't know what his middle name is. Doesn't make any sense. He doesn't, doesn't have. Make... I don't think he has a middle name. It just says I mean, Harrison he, Ford. Yeah, he's a, he's a very private person, so he might not have released that information. I don't know how he would be able to keep that uh, secret with how famous he was for how long he's been famous. I know. But, I yeah. mean, Mickey Rourke still. Uh, what is it? We still don't know what year Mickey Rourke was born or what date. Really? Because oh, wow. he has kept that under the table. That's wild. Damn. I don't yeah, know. I mean, like, that. like some people are some some like celebrities are like fiercely, fiercely protective of their privacy, and I know Harrison Ford has been one of them. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we're talking about Harrison Ford in what will now be our stretch of action movie stars. So over the next couple yeah. weeks, you're gonna or a couple episodes, we're gonna be talking about a very, um, a new action star and going through some of their movies every single week. Um, Unless but, something comes up, and then we will adjust accordingly. Yeah, like the Oscars. Like we're probably gonna we're probably gonna do an episode on the Oscars, like we do every year. And by that I mean every year. I mean the two that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's jump right into the ingestion. Um, I'll go first because I've seen fuck all um so uh i watched con air (laughs) um (laughs) i watched con air um because i thought it was the movie where nicholas cage says get off my damn plane um that is air force one (laughs) Uh, and that movie does not star nicholas cage it is not not, not, no nick cage is not in it though air uh sorry con air is one of the best shittiest movies i think i've ever seen (laughs) Cause it's fucking hot garbage. But put yeah. the, put the bunny down. Put the bunny down. <laughs> um, also, the fact that they try to like humanize Steve Buscemi, who is essentially a pedophile, is a little oh. fucked up. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty weird how they handle it. Cause like they like land the plane and he goes to like hang out with this like little girl and he's like partying with her or having a tea party and then. It's implied that he murders her, but then later on you realize, oh, no, he didn't. Maybe he has changed. And then at the very end of the movie, he, like, runs away, and everyone's like, no, that's not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> we need to stop that, man. Um, but, man, John Malkovich is such a powerhouse. And uh, also yes. purely— Cyrus the virus. Cyrus the virus. He is purely insane. <laughs> and, yeah, it's just— there's so many bits in the movie where you're like, oh, shut up. Come on. Like, they land the airplane on the Las Vegas Strip. And <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, Con Air, um, I don't really have much to say about it because uh, it's 
I think it's just one of those movies where you kind of just have to watch it. It's you know? just '90s fun, kind of like Face Off That's or right. um, <laughs> uh, what's that? What's that other one? John Woo did uh, uh, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. Uh, yeah, it's just pure schlock, and like you get to see a ripped as fuck Nick Cage, which is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> and his hair oh, is man. really long, and like ah, mm-hmm. anyway. It's ridiculous. Uh, that's back when Nick Cage was one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. That's right. Yes, people forget that was a thing at one point. No, yeah, yeah I know. And he has an Oscar. <laughs> he does for leaving Las Vegas. Yep. Um, and then just so that we can get this out of the way, because I know uh, it's going to bother Liam. Actually, you know what? I'm going to stop that one and then take a step back. I've been continuously playing Valheim. Um, and holy crap, is that game fun? It it's Minecraft if it were actually Skyrim, you know, like it is quite the description. Yeah. And so it's a survival craft game and you play as a Viking who gets sent to Valhalla and or Purgatory, I suppose. And you're trying to appease Odin so that you can get into Valhalla. And yeah, I I play on the server with a with a bunch of guys and they have uh, they've built a civilization or a city called Sportsheim and basically we just like dick around they have like so many stupid names for things like there's a swamp and they called it swamp ass and then there's like yeah there's a there's a place where there's a bunch of trolls that spawn so they called it troll fucker and like yeah there's a character named gunch uh played by a friend of mine named mike and gunch has a uh a, a lakeside chateau that he built for everybody and Anyway, my character is named Thorvid, and Thorvid is a lot of fun. The other day, we had all 10 of us on the server at one time, and man, the game was like, ugh. (laughs) Just crawling along. It was like you couldn't really move or anything, but then as soon as you got further away from the other players, you were able to like, oh, okay, okay. The frame rate's back up to 60. But anyway, Valheim, super fun. I really, really like it. I've um, heard a lot of I've, I've, a lot of a lot of my Discord groups currently are playing that game. I I know I said this to you before, like when we were playing Ark last week. I think you would really like it, Lucas. Probably, I think yeah. you would really really like it. Um, it does take. It's like a little hard to kind of get into because it doesn't give you a lot of information. So mm. it's just like you have to kind of guess what you're doing at first, and then it kind of starts to take you along. But anyway, um, a lot of fun. But now on to the one that I know is going to kind of irk Liam. Uh, so Wandavision finished. And I finished it with it. I finished with it. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I know. I can see the look on Liam's face. (laughs) It was exactly how I thought it was going to go down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which kind of pissed me off. So I liked it. And I liked it because I I felt like it was incredibly impactful. Um, That last scene with Vision and Wanda is one of the best things that anybody has written for Marvel in movie-wise in a very, very, very long time. And it's incredibly powerful, tear-jerking, you know, which it's funny because whenever you see Kevin Smith has cried at something, I like to laugh at him because I'm like, baby, (laughs) fucking big baby. Um, But then when I watched it, I was like, oh, no, you're right. (laughs) You get this one. Um, Yeah, I mean... I'll let Liam t- go next because I feel like he's, yeah. So Liam, feel the, this is feel where the... Liam ruins it for Christian yeah, again. Yeah, he can. The try. fact that the biggest problem with this thing is that there is no real catharsis by the end of it. Nothing to take away. It's literally just another excuse to get Marvel uh, to for Marvel to convince people to binge more and more, and just serve as a soft reboot for uh, Wanda and Vision. 
And I'm sorry, but that kind of pisses me off, given that this one was going out of its way, actually seemed to be doing something different, uh, what, and like might actually show that Marvel's growing up a little bit, but nope, just the same shit over so, and over. I think part of that is just because it was such a speedy end. When in they should have made the last episode an hour and a half long, not like 45 minutes. They should have made it a movie length or just added a 10th episode. Why did they chose why they chose to do nine is beyond me. But they should have done a 10 season or 10 episode series and, you know, expand on some of these concepts that you're presenting and whatnot. Liam, it was bound to be a reboot for, for Wanda. Like, I don't know why that's such a bad thing for you like uh, i don't understand because why. it's because it just shows the fact that oh you can't have actual stories or characters you just need to encourage what comes next instead of actual closure or catharsis but that's the thing with the mcu is it is but, always about what's yeah, next but here's it's the same the thing, thing with is comic books especially it's about what's po- next. Uh, yeah well here's the thing especially post endgame you gotta start doing different things guys i think they all did apparently why well, just went back to oh look cgi background people fighting in the sky yeah, but where um, else are you going to... Like, you need to have that that ending. You need to have the big action You scene. could be a lot more creative than just uh, watching Catherine Hahn and Elizabeth Olsen fly around and shoot CG beams at each other. I mean, what? Are In they going to shoot real they, beams at each other? <laughs> I thought they might actually do something. I actually thought they might be going more of a creative, uh, creative route, particularly with Vision and un- other Vision, though I think that scene should have been longer. Agreed. That was the one I enjoyed the most because I'm like, this is actually different and kind of interesting. Yeah, spoilers, I'm Lucas. This. It's just trying not to ruin anything, but yeah. Um, um, and also, here's the big thing that I'm going to talk about. So everybody knows about the whole Quicksilver thing. Boner. <laughs> and what they did really pissed me off, particularly. And before anybody goes off and pulls and does the whole whataboutism with the whole, oh, uh, Liam, you like it when things change or break expectations. You defend The Last Jedi and Iron, and Iron Man 3 for that. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, do you know why I defend those movies for subverting expectations? Because it was in the service of the story and of the characters. This was literally just to, uh, was it just a piss, just to string fans along in, as a ratings trap and just to close off with a dick joke. Had, yeah, I don't know. I think that's fucking hilarious. Because, yeah, but you know, because I was, what I was gonna, I was gonna say, it sounds like you're talking about Game of Thrones till you added the dick joke. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just the whole thing. By the end of it, is again, I was so disappointed because WandaVision really started to win me over when I finally sat down to watch it, and then it just quickly went to shit and became as shallow as the sitcoms that inspired it. And I strongly disagree with everything Liam has said, and that's where we'll close the book on that comic. <laughs> the comic that inspired it is apparently actually interesting and insightful yeah tom king's run. yeah but again marvel continues to show that despite the fact that they already own the souls of so many people they are incapable of growing up and trying anything new that breaks the formula yeah because they're completely and utterly terrified of losing those souls yeah even though but they yeah. need to acknowledge that people grow up and move on you can't keep everyone stupid and complacent forever. I'm getting a little offended because I don't agree with you. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> you're calling me stupid because I enjoyed the... F- I didn't say I'm I loved it. I'm not calling you... I didn't I'm say I loved it. I thought it was stupid. okay. I am not but... saying you are stupid for enjoying it, and I do not think anybody who enjoyed it is stupid. I'm saying that's what Disney and Marvel think you are. I totally thought Liam was going to be like, I'm not calling you stupid because of these things. I'm calling you stupid because... <laughs> I was going to be like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I, need, I, need to, I need to like find some sort of hobby that I can do while you guys argue. <laughs> like you guys are arguing. I'm just knitting over here or yeah, something. That'd be pretty yeah, great. Of, 
You should just get a Chinese finger trap, put your fingers in there, and just play with it the whole time. You'll become really good at yo-yo. Yeah, I'm just over here yo-yoing. I'm the, I'm, I'm the yo-yo master vine. That'd be just so kept on yoing. <laughs> All right, Liam, what else have you seen? Uh, I also, uh, just because I got my hands on a copy, Evo, uh, I need to uh, get it replaced because if it turns out that I got, I had to get a refund on it as it was scratched to shit. Um, I replayed the first Uncharted game. Hmm. Did you buy it? Would you bought it on like Facebook Marketplace? Or something? Yeah, I just went on the Facebook Marketplace and I saw the Nathan Drake collection was on there for like ten bucks. Hmm. Nice. And I was like, you know what? It's been one probably week since you looked at me. Sorry. <laughs> Whenever anybody says it's been, I always immediately think yeah. of the Bare Naked Lady song. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, no, it's uh, it. Let's just say it had been a hot minute since I had really played or thought about any of those games. So I decided, you know what? Why not? Why not try to revisit them? And uh, I think the reason why Uncharted has done as well as it has and why I enjoyed it is because they're essentially just, uh, uh, was it pulpy action movies that you could play? Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, um, basically. Yeah, very uh, in- Indiana Jones inspired it, but also inspi- kind of inspired by the things that inspired Indiana Jones. Yeah. And that's very much my kind of genre. Um, there are a number of things in, because I only got halfway through the first game before uh, my disc uh, fucked up. Um, but there were a number of things in my first game I forgot about. Uh, I think I have it. it. I think I have the Nathan Drake collection if you want to borrow it. Yeah, because PS4, yeah, sweet. right? Yeah. Um, no, the Nathan Drake collection only is the first two games because they released it when... Um, I, I have I have one that has the first three. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That was the one I had. And mm-hmm. I had a copy, and I have a copy of uh, the last one. Mm-hmm. But no, I was going to say, I forgot about like the curses and whatnot in the, uh, was it in the first game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, wow... How did I forget about this? This is this is really stupid, but also kind of awesome. Yeah, those games never really did anything for me. I think it's just the gameplay type. Like, I, I think uh, I was telling Liam about this the other night. Was that like it's mostly just like the fact that I feel like it's a lot of just quick time events, and you're just kind of playing through those quick time events, which I've never been a huge fan of. Like, press A now, press A now. You know, I'm yeah. just like I, I I never played the fourth one, but I played the first three, and they're a lot of fun. Except there's way too much climbing. Oh, in my yeah. opinion, <laughs> you would hate <laughs> Breath of the Wild. You would absolutely. Hate. <laughs> my problem with uh, the first game again, because that's the only one I've gone through, is that I is that it's the same criticism that everybody has. It's too short. Like mm. I pretty much got through it in like us. Uh, I was in like five hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, not including like picking up other things or like doing the side stuff. I, I um, when I when I first played the Uncharted games, at least the first three. Haven't played the fourth one. Uh. I thought I felt like there was a lot of ludo narrative dissonance. Do you know what I mean? A lot of what? Yeah. Ludo a ludo narrative dissonance when the, uh, ludo narrative dissonance when like the gameplay doesn't really match the story. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, like it like it's it like in the cutscenes it's pretty like light and like you said light and pulpy, and then you get to the to the gameplay and it's just like fucking cold blooded murder yeah. gunning down hundreds of <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> which is uh, which is i mean as much as i like the character for this the game this is one of the limitations of a game which is yeah part of why nathan drake is cool is because he is like uh, was it he is the uh swashbuckling and uh, was it a uh, box jawed adventure hero but he's not mm-hmm. hyper masculine which is something mm-hmm. that i've always found really cool about he's, him he's kind of bumbling right uh i wouldn't go as far as to say bumbling he's just uh I was it. He's a quick. He's a. I was it. He's a little snarky, a quick talker, or whatnot. Hmm. And he is relatively smart, but he's not like. I was it. But he's not like uh, in a lot of action movies where it's like, oh yeah, he's the guy who could walk up into any bar and pick up any girl. Right. 
Like, mm-hmm. he kind of has this Hawkeye thing where as things get really ridiculous, even he is like, oh, come on, this is fucking ridiculous. Right. <laughs> um, it's, it's odd how they chose, t- uh, uh, what's his name? Spider-Boy. Um, Tom, Holland Tom Holland to play him in the feature film. Oh, Just doesn't matter. Yeah, that's weird. He, he's, well, like, way too young. Too young and too according goddamn to this, short. According to this, they're, uh, the thing they're uh, making it a prequel to the games. Mm. Oh, uh, okay. Why they casted Marky can't act as, uh, as Sully, I have no idea. Who? Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. Actually? Yeah, he's playing Sully. Why? Nathan Drake's uh, father figure and mentor. Oh. oh. <laughs> yep. Why, uh, be- though? Uh, because uh, we have I'm this so thing confused. with Mark. We have this thing with Mark Wahlberg where people think he's awesome and talented because they know his name and see him places. But then you see him in a movie, and it's like, <laughs> no, Mark, stop. <laughs> no, though he has been in a couple of good ones. You know, he, no, he's he's turned in some really solid performances. He's yeah. not like completely uh, completely talentless, but like he Boogie looks knows. nothing like Sully. Like he yeah. he, he does not have that en- energy at all. In fact, as soon as I heard that casting, it just made me want to go watch that short film they did with uh, Nathan Fillion and Stephen Lang. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That, was, that was... one was pretty cool. Nathan Fillion, I think, at this point is too old to play Nathan Drake. Yeah. But, like, in yeah. his prime, he would have been a good choice. Yeah, and he even uh, he has even said he would have been campaigning for a role if he didn't think he would if he did if he himself didn't think he was too old. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I can't really. Th- I also think like if if this was uh, the '80s, Harrison Ford would be a good pick for him as well. Oh yeah, then he, he also played Indiana Jones, which is a, not the same character, similar. Similar, characters. yeah. Or if they did this back in the 2000s, well, again before Uncharted was even created, somebody like Brendan Fraser or uh... yeah. Sorry, I just mm-hmm. sent I just sent you guys a message on Facebook with a comparison of what Mark Wahlberg is going to look like with what Sully looks like because I didn't know what he looked like. So <laughs> it's basically uh, just it's Mark Wahlberg with a fucking mustache. It's pretty rough. <laughs> Sorry, but no, it was I uh, was it, but overall it was just really okay. It was young really fun- young Sully, I guess. But anyway, it was fun to replay it. I and I really do hope to eventually play the other games again soon. Um, and the last thing I did was I started watching HBO's Watchmen. Hmm. Because after uh, last episode, I kind of fell into a bit of a Watchmen mood. And I had been putting off uh, watching, uh, watching uh, the HBO show because... Who, who watches the Watchmen, Liam? Liam does. Um, Liam does. <laughs> uh, but, like, uh, I put it off because I wanted to reread the comic. Um, because this is not a sequel to the movie in any capacity. This is a sequel to the comic. Right. Um, and you can't just, and even after watching the first few episodes, you can't just watch the movie and expect to be caught up because they keep stuff from a comic that was left out in the movie. Like uh, they keep the ending from a comic as well as uh, other genetic engineering stuff that was in the comic book. Right. Um, which is all pretty much absent in the movie, except for one thing, which in the movie is weirdly out of place. Uh, that being uh, in if we're going to get into the genetic engineering thing, that being Adrian Veidt's weird Lynx uh, tiger thing oh, that just yeah, shows yeah. up in that movie yeah, with not a whole lot of uh, explanation. Um, anyway, aside the point, uh, four episodes in, it's pretty damn good. I will say uh, the biggest thing I'll give it is that the world building is very on point and it, seem, and it does seem like a very appropriate uh, sequel to Watchmen. Okay, so it is a sequel. I was just about to ask, yeah, like, because yeah. I've I've heard I've heard it's kind of a sequel, kind of like at the same time or something, it's or just very, a sequel. So far, what I've gathered, it's very much a sequel to the comic. Okay. Um, essentially, after the events of the comic, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, it's in an alternate 2019. Uh, Robert Redford has been president for a while, and the whole world has become super, super liberal. 
uh, was it, but like, uh, what is it? But instead of it being a hit piece or whatnot, uh, was it, it does, it does a smart thing like the comic did, which is it shows the aspect, uh, was it, be, uh, was it, it's nuanced enough where it knows how to show what works and doesn't and what doesn't like uh, in this world, like uh, cops need to have their guns approved before they uh, are locked and they need to be approved before they could use them. Um, which results in one of them getting unjustly murdered hmm. or like in a situation where he got killed when he really didn't have to. Right. Um, also, uh, uh, was it su- the few superheroes that exist now uh, essentially work kind of within the police force, but kind of not. They get like they kind of have this whole underground thing going on. Uh, then there's uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Adrian Veidt, Ozymandias has been retired for a while and played by good old Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. <laughs> And he's not the only character who comes back. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the second Silk Spectre, Lori. She's back, and now she, instead of going by uh, using her mother's last name, she's going by Lori Blake, which is the comedian's name. And she's developed a similar attitude and uh, just all-around demeanor to him. Where, like, just about everything, despite how serious she's being, everything that comes out of her mouth is kind of a joke. Mm. And I'm like, that's kind of an interesting idea, and I'm, I want to see where they go with it. Yeah. It's odd, though, considering, like, the history that they have in the comic you know the two mm-hmm. of them. well yeah no they you know i mean it makes enough sense to me at least given they have a yeah they have an interesting relationship yeah uh the vendors the whole thing of uh uh was it the thing that everybody complains about i think is working fine i need to see where they go with it but the whole uh rorschach leaving his journal at that newspaper thing caused a bunch of pe- them to print it and a bunch of uh uh, right-wing extremists to get their hands on it and become essentially a group called the New Cavalry or the Seventh Cavalry, which is essentially like a new KKK. Oh wow! Mm. And I'm like, uh, this. Um, people are like, oh, again, the whole you turned Rorschach into a racist. I'm like, okay, yes. In the original comic, he did not say anything overtly racist. Or if I'm being generous from what I could detect, but if people as crazy as Rorschach got their hands on his journal and took inspiration from it, this is what I could see happening. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um but no, I'm only uh I believe it's I think it's eight episodes, so I'm at about the halfway point. And overall I again I'm in I'm enjoying it. I'll probably hopefully I'll finish it by the time the next episode's done and I could give a full review. Yeah, I mean and, they're an hour long, right? So you got four more hours left. Which yeah. is the Snyder cut. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how we're gonna measure time from now on. <laughs> is it Snyder cuts? Yeah. 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 Well if quarantine. Yeah, I'll meet you in about four anything. Snyder cuts. Yeah. Well, if quarantine <laughs> that, that last any... movie was about half a Snyder cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. Is quarant- if quarantine's taught us anything, it's that Liam was right and time is a construct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Uh, no, that covers everything. Cool. Lucas. All right, my turn. Uh, I'm gonna start off with something that uh, again doesn't really matter that much. I've been watching a lot of BattleBots fights. You fucking <laughs> would. <laughs> yes. yes. I like like for some reason the YouTube algorithm recommended me a BattleBot fight. I'm like, sure, I'll watch that. And then three hours later, I was still watching BattleBot fights. I am still <laughs> watching BattleBots. <laughs> yeah. Like, not full episodes. I don't know what happens in the full episodes. I've, been, I've just been watching the fights. Uh, yeah, I don't care about the plot. It's a lot of fun watching robots fight. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. I've never been able to get into, like, wrestling or UFC or anything like that. But when robots fight, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really sure why, but it's, it's great. It's great. Wish Doctor is my favorite robot so far. Yeah, I love that um, you have a favorite robot. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, but other than that, uh, for the first time since I was a child, I watched uh, The Mask of Zorro. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a very fun movie. Yeah. I like that movie a lot, actually. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. It's 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 in, in my, one of the perfect one of the, like the perfect like swashbuckling adventure movies. That's Antonio like, Banderas, right? Yeah, 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 and yep. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Anthony Hopkins. Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, um, that's that's really all I have to say. But it's so much fun. Yeah, it's a it's, riot. It's a blast. It's, uh, it's back when uh, I forget that writer's duo name before they stopped trying to go before they started trying to go way too big with mm. uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels and other things they were they have been putting out since. Yeah, can't remember the names. Hmm. I'm gonna uh, right now. But, there you go. On. Um, yeah, uh, and then uh, I also watched uh, Mary, Queen of Scots. Because, oh. of course, I have to watch a, a historical drama. Yeah, of course uh, you do. <laughs> uh, It tells the story of Mary, the, the, the Queen of Scots. Uh, she basically, uh, it, it covers the moment she returns from France because she spent her childhood in France, married uh, a French nobleman who died, and then she came back to Scotland. Uh, and she had a stronger claim to the English throne than Queen Elizabeth I did. So there was a lot of political tension there. And it was it was kind of an unprecedented time because the two biggest, like the two most powerful people in Britannia or the UK uh, were women. And they were pitted against each other. And lots of people were not happy that women were in charge. Uh, David Tennant is actually in this movie. Oh, cool. And he plays this Protestant priest who just fucking hates Mary, Queen of Scots. <laughs> <laughs> was that a real guy? Uh, he's based on a real guy, yeah, yeah. Who, 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 who plays I, Mary Queen of Scots? Uh, Sir Sharonan. Ah, yeah, and then Margot Robbie plays uh, Queen Elizabeth I. Wow, that does not sound like a casting choice that would fit that time period. Uh, it wor- I think it actually worked pretty well, like because Queen Elizabeth, um, she was weird. <laughs> Did you know? That- I, shouldn't, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say she's weird. Uh, she got sick. She had smallpox, ah. um, and that kind of, uh, and that left a lot of scars. It caused her to lose a lot of her hair, um, and that's why she wore that that white face makeup mm-hmm. and had like the weird red wig, and made, that kind of made her look look look, look like a clown. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Did you know that Margot Robbie is the same age as you and me, Lucas? Wait, actually, and she is significantly more talented and richer than we are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not not untrue. Yeah, um, but it's so funny because how old is Saoirse Ronan then? She's about our age too. Okay, because uh, Margot Margot Robbie plays Elizabeth, who was like significantly older than uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Hmm. <laughs> but uh, it mostly kind of follows, um, kind of the, them going back and forth, trying to like uh, destabilize each other's like power base. Um, it mostly focuses on Mary uh, and like her marriage. Uh, and like who they're trying to get her to marry because like Elizabeth wants her to marry someone that will like uh, invalidate her claim to the throne or like weaken it at least but um, through like political maneuvering she ends up marrying someone who actually strengthens her uh, claim to the throne and there's a lot of a lot of uh, courtly intrigue and that, that's something I'm generally a fan of yeah so I, I liked it pretty good Saoirse Ronan's a, a really good actor she yeah she's uh, fantastic Saoirse Ronan yeah. is 26 by the way and, okay. and Margot okay. Robbie's 30, so I was a little off. Okay, but, okay, right. but they're still pretty similar in age. Yeah, uh, yeah they're both, they're, like, Margot Robbie is a, it turns in a pretty good performance. Uh, I think the movie could have been constructed or structured a little better. I think it does drag quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if you're not if you're not into courtly intrigue, it's probably going to lose you pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. Who directed it? Uh, I can't remember her name. Josie something. Mary Queen of Scots. Up. Yeah, Mary Queen of Scots came out in 2018. But overall, I really liked it. If you if you like uh, historical dramas, Josie Brook. Uh, Josie Brook. Yeah, I'm there not familiar go. with. Uh, I'm not familiar with them. Neither am I. Uh, yeah, the other other than other than like uh, the pacing, I didn't really have too too many problems with it. I really liked the performances. Uh, it's it's funny. It was funny listening to David Tennant rant about uh, the Harlot Queen, as they called her. <laughs> That's funny. But overall, I liked it. I liked it quite a right bit. On. Cool. Anything else? Uh, that's it. Wow. What that's a quick it. ingestion today, everybody. Yeah. Um, before <laughs> we go into our recommendations, I did want to just touch on something that was announced today. So mm. the Oscars um, are happening on April 25th. They should have happened like last, like two or three weeks ago. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, so the Oscar nominations came out today. Uh, and some of them are pretty much exactly what you expected. You know, mm. like Mank, Best Picture, right? The Father with Anthony Hopkins, Minari, um, uh, The Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Judas and the Black Messiah, Nomadland, um, and Promising Young Women. Those are our best picture leads. Um, and then for director, I'm just going to go through director and uh, then we'll carry on. But uh, Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. And Emerald Fennel for promising young women. So there's a lot of news. I mean, that comes with this because I believe there was three um, Asian people who were nominated this year for major major positions. Stephen Yoon is the first uh, Asian American actor to uh, get the nomination that he's received. Mm -hmm. And then, right. sorry, what was what was he what was he nominated for? Minari. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I've I've been I've paid so little attention to like the the movie scene this year. I have no idea what came out. <laughs> yeah, I think biggest snub was Bill and Ted face the music, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> Riz Ahmed also is is a person of color who was nominated. Um, the late uh, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, uh, Anthony Hopkins also for The Father. Gary Oldman for Mank. Um, we said Stephen Yoon for Minari. Um, I think Chadwick's gonna win it. Um, Probably. Probably, and even if he doesn't, it'll probably go to Gary Oldman. Um, but I think Gary Oldman has enough wherewithal to be like, just gives it to Chadwick. <laughs> <laughs> I did not deserve this. Um, I'll go through actor and sorry, actress as well. Um, Maria Bakalova, Bak Maria Bakalova uh, for Borat subsequent movie film. Um, which shocked which, uh, the shit out of me. <laughs> which honestly, I am. I was pretty happy to hear because, given that she had to do a movie where she spoke a lot of English, and that's only like her, and that's like her fourth language that she's not fluent in. Yeah, and, and I was improvise. Yeah, and improvise a lot of it. Yeah, that's wild. Um, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, which is also I've heard that movie is fucking trash. That's um, what I've heard as well. And so a lot of people are kind of pissed about that. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Father, um, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and uh, Yu Jung Yeon for Minari. I hope I said that name right. Um, I couldn't, probably did not. Um, and then we'll just go Best Actor real quick in supporting role. Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, uh, Paul Racy for The Sound of Metal, and Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. When it comes to that one, I feel like, uh, what do you call it? The Oscars do what they always do, which is where you have a movie where you kind of have dual protagonists 
or a more of an ensemble film, you always just take the two of them and put them into the same category. Yeah. And then actress in leading role, because I've skipped over it, Viola Davis for Ma Raimi's Black Bottom, um, Andrew Day for United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Prompt Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Women. So there we go. Those are the, the, the big categories, um, the ones that people... I think I, I think I saw one of those movies. Which one? Uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I intend to watch The Sound of Metal. I've heard it's fucking mm. fantastic, and I love metal, and I like movies about people with disabilities. So, because um, mm. it's, it's he's a metal drummer who goes deaf. Um, I think. Oh, okay. John watched it. I could be wrong. Um, anyway, yeah. So it's exciting that the Oscars are even happening to begin with. I wasn't sure how or what they were going to do. The picks for Best Picture were like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, of course you're gonna. You need to have your 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 fluff piece you need to have your um historical love drama. To old hollywood yeah, you need to have your lo- love letter to old hollywood you need to have anthony hopkins if he was in a movie he's probably gonna get nominated you know <laughs> anyway yeah so and actually uh uh oh this is actually pretty big news i didn't know this the oscars will actually be on youtube this year oh so you'll be able to watch the oscars on youtube twitter facebook the oscars.org and oscars.com so that's actually incredibly um, awesome. Nick it's Jonas. It's a good move on their part. Nick I mean, I do think that that would help them solve the problem of them complaining about not enough people watching their show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not very accessible for a lot of people. Not at all. Yeah. And so it's cool that they're actually going to, you know, let people watch it. Um, anyway, so that is the Oscars, April 25th, 2021. Uh, we will most likely do an episode about it um, because we always record on Mondays and the Oscars are on a Sunday this year. So we will, but well, I remember last year we put out the episode like the night after, didn't we? Yeah. Or like that morning, uh, whatever. I eh. can't remember. Um, okay. Recommendations, everybody. I hope you're mm-hmm. ready. So my recommendations for this week are from a uh, publishing company called the Blue Bloomsbury. Uh, and what they are is they are called, they are from a series called 33 and one third. It's backwards on my computer. I apologize, but I have two of them. And the first one is written by Kim Cooper. And so what the, what these books are is it's a, the, the book is a not short, it's about like a hundred pages each and they cover one album from like the production side, the whole thing. The thing being though, sometimes the, 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 the author is allowed to take some creative um, liberties. This one, for example, is written by Kim Cooper, and it's about the Neutral Milk Hotel album In the Aeroplane Over the Sea. And this one just covers the production. It's pretty much nonfiction. It's just like, this is what happened. This is why the book is the way that it is. Or sorry, the, the album is the way that it is. Um, if you haven't heard that album, I do suggest it. It's very, very, very good. Um, the other one I have is written by John Darneal, and he is one of my favorite people on the fucking planet. Um, he's in a band called The Mountain Goats. Um, he's also an, a, an author of his own right. He has written three books um, currently. He has one called Universal Harvester, one called Wolf and White Van, and then this one called Master of Reality. It's about Black Sabbath. I read this when Liam and I were in Seattle, and basically what it is, it's a it tells the story of the writing and the production of Black Sabbath's Master of Reality, but told from the perspective of a young man in a uh, rehab center and in like uh, institution yeah, and whatnot. And it's just like how and why he likes the music and whatnot. It's very, very good. It's very entertaining and also very, very sad. But anyway, 
those are my recommendations for this week. Leo. There you go. Uh, so I completely forgot about uh, recommendations this week. Um, so uh, I guess uh, I'm going to recommend uh, 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 coffee. Coffee for everybody. <laughs> Man, you hate coffee. <laughs> hey, I'm not everyone else. <laughs> I don't like it, but you guys can like it. You guys are allowed. If you guys want to drink, if people want to go off and drink goblin piss, that's their business. I don't know how you forget about recommendations when it's become a staple of the show for like the past like 12 episodes. Um, anyway. Uh, basically, Luke, since since the beginning of quarantine, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Almost a year. Uh, Lucas, what are you going uh, Yeah, uh, I'm going to recommend an, another, like a, a YouTube slash uh, Twitch channel uh called healthy... collective yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> no it's called uh healthy gamer gg um basically it's run by a, a harvard trained psychiatrist uh who's known as dr k his first name is all oak um whoa what a name yeah yeah all oak? a-l-o-k yeah he's he's uh indian i think oh that's a cool name um, I don't, I can't, I don't know his last name. It starts with K cause he's Dr. K. Right. But essentially what, what they do is they release, uh, like two hour to two hour conversations with sometimes with famous like Twitch streamers or YouTubers or just fans of the stream. And they talk about, uh, mental illness and like, or, or just like problems that that person's having in their life or, or just like just really simple things. Like sometimes it has to do with like actual mental illness. It's obviously not a substitute for actual therapy or anything like that. But like uh, they they talk about like what it's like to deal with ADHD or loss or breakups or or uh, stuff like that, and uh, it's interesting watching him like go through like um he like they'll he'll uh, okay so what do you want to talk about and they'll tell him and they're like okay tell me about your background like what was like growing up stuff like that and then he'll like pinpoint something and like dig into it. And then like find out it's like, oh yeah, I think this is where this comes from, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And it's it's really interesting. Like the, the psychology itself is really interesting, but it's also it's nice to see like somewhere where uh mental illness and just general like problems with or like habits or problems with the mind are just talked about very openly. Right. And like without any judgment. That's it, very cool. I, yeah, no, it's it's I, I constantly have his episodes kind of running in the background while I'm doing other things, just right kind of listening in. It's really interesting. I like it. Cool. So, um, all of our recommendations and whatnot can be found down in the description below. Thank you for listening to that. Um, you can all find all of the other information, all the links and everything to our social medias and whatnot down there, including our Patreon. So you can go to www.patreon.com slash thunderlizard where you can support us and uh, be one of the many established um, people who gets announced at the end of the show. Anyway, uh, we're going to go for a break real quick, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Just refer to cannibalism. <laughs> Tech, by, by definition, cannibalism still is veganism. Hello, welcome back to the Thundercast. Um, I'm going to try and do that differently every single time. Welcome back. <laughs> it's like a wacky, wacky. Uh, uh, Welcome back. Drive time Wait. radio. No, show. no. If we're doing, uh, how was it? If we're doing Harrison Ford, you got to say welcome back. Like we're talking through your teeth. Welcome back. 
Welcome back. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about Harrison Ford. Um, the one, the only. One, the only. 78-year-old man born in Chicago, Illinois, on July 13, 1942. Um, huh. Harrison is an American actor, pilot, and environmental activist. As of 20... 20- actually, this is actually pretty cool to know. As of 2019... I didn't know he was an environmental activist. Meaning? As of 2019, the U.S. domestic domestic box office grosses of his films totals over $5.1 billion, with the worldwide grosses surpassing 9.3. Good for you, Damn. Harrison. Good yeah. for you, Harry. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, sure he loves to be called Harry. Harrison Ford is mostly known for playing Han Solo in the Star Wars films, as well as the Eponius, is that right? Eponius, Indiana Jones? Am I using that right word? I have no idea. Who cares? He's Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> um, also known for playing Wreck uh, uh, Deckard in Blade Runner. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Richard uh, Kimball in, uh, or no, Robert Kimball in uh, The Fugitive. No, Richard Kimball. Oh, is yeah, it Richard? It's, it's Richard oh, yeah. Kimball. And then also Jack Ryan in Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. Those are the main, yeah. main ones that he's he's done for that. I had to make sure I was recording and I was like, uh-oh, we're good. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, Harrison Ford uh, is, I like I like the guy. The thing is, is that I did too. he has his career has gone on quite the fucking roller coaster ride. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, because everybody remembers like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and then we had the years where he was just in rom coms, and it was like, <laughs> come on, Harrison, what are you doing? Speaking of which, I'll start with one that I know you guys haven't seen. So I watched mm. uh, Seven Days and Six or Six Days and Seven Nights. Um, it's an Ivan Reitman film, and it's fucking hot garbage, um, and not in the good way. It's so goddamn boring, like nothing fucking happens. And this is also old Harrison Ford, right? So, and it's like a rom com or whatever. Basically, he's an airplane pilot, and he there's this woman who is on vacation with her fiance, and then she needs to go back to an island to deal with some business or whatever, and then they crash land on an island, and then uh, Tamoya Morrison. <clears throat> Who's that? Django Fett, right? Yep. Yeah. He plays a pirate, and so does Danny Trejo. But the thing with the pirates is that they're in the movie for two scenes, and they try to make you feel like it's a big deal, and they're they're, they're not. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Danny Trejo doesn't even have any fucking lines, which is very, very... And I was like, you you, you, you put them in the waste. credits. Yeah, it's such a waste. Yeah. And I think this was, like, right after he got out of prison, too. So, like, the guy was hard as fuck. Um <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, it's not good. I don't recommend it. Anyway, that, I just wanted to get that one out of the way. Um, um, let's think, let's end with Indy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say one thing we should probably talk just about just to start is kind of the appeal of Harrison Ford as an action hero and mm-hmm. why he's stuck around and gained the popularity that he has. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think for me, it's that, you know, Harrison Ford is always pretty much just playing Harrison Ford. You know, like, yeah. I mean, Indy and Han Solo are very similar. Um, definitely not 100%, because yeah. Han Solo is kind of more of a bumbling idiot, and uh, at least in the... He grows to become less or more... Less than that, sorry. Um, I mean, he's gen- he's generally a bumbling idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> Indy, Indy, Indy is very lucky. Indy. Yeah, well, Indy has That's the same... Put it, yeah, Indy kind of has a similar thing where the character works because he is always making mistakes yeah. and, uh, yeah. like, God has to uh, catch him and God has to catch himself from them. Like, the mm-hmm. opening to, uh, uh, what do you call it, Temple of Doom, where, like, uh, he accidentally drinks the poison. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, like I think Harrison Ford, like you said, generally, he, he's... 
maybe more of a movie star than an actor. I would but agree. But like, yeah. But like, he's generally playing just Harrison Ford. And I think one of the appeals is he kind of has that like uh, uh, shy, awkward, like energy while also being extremely handsome. Incredibly. Like, <laughs> Even as an old, old, old man. Yeah. He's yeah. Kinda incredibly like a, handsome. He's kind of yeah. like a really competent, badass everyman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And every, every man is a really good way to, of putting it. Like, the, not, not in his looks, obviously, but no. like... Uh, but <laughs> like every, his energy, if every man his, looks like that? Oh, God. Yeah. Like, his energy, he's, he's very uh, he's very every man in his, in his energy, yeah. for sure. Especially when it comes to, like, Han Solo and Indy. When... Yeah. Because we all watched The Fugitive, and um, Richard Kimball is not an every man. That guy, no, like, no. He, he's, he's a fucking doctor. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like, Richard Kimball, I think he's still he's still very Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. but like he's he's a bit of a departure from his other characters. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I didn't know that the the Fugitive was based off of a TV series from the sixties, or at oh, least really? yeah. or at the very uh, least largely inspired by it. it. It doesn't really have a lot to do with. Uh, no, but hmm. the the guy who created the series also like pr- executive produced the movie. Um, so I think he was yeah. definitely present, but I do. Yeah, I, I, I just see. The, yeah, I see it as like uh, based on the show, the way Mission Impossible is based on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also, also Harrison Ford, really good at pointing. <laughs> very good pointer. Yes, he is very good. <laughs> if only he was as good at pointing as he. Sorry, as good at flying planes as he is at pointing. <laughs> um, I, I'm on his Wikipedia page, and there's just like aviation, and then right underneath it is incidents. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that is kind of that is I still find admirable about uh, Harrison Ford, even in his old age, is that he still does the majority of his own stunt work and mm-hmm. tries to uh, do as much. He tries to preface doing as much in camera as he can as an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is you know it's commendable. I, I really I love when, yeah, for when sure. actors do that sort of stuff. Anyway, we should move into um, the movies. I think we should start all with right. Air Force One, and then all we'll, right. so what we all watched just to make it clear, um, we all watched uh, Air Force One, The Fugitive, and the Indiana Jones trilogy. And yeah, I uh, didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam, Liam is the them only one. Times, but... Is the only one I didn't get the chance to rewatch. You have Which seen it though. Yeah, I've seen the Fugitive. I haven't. Oh, oh what yeah. is it? I. Oh, what do you call it? It's one of my grandma's favorite movies. So it was on a fair bit when I was uh when I would uh, go to their place or whatnot. What an odd one. It's, she probably just loves it because she loves Harrison Ford. Um. Anyway, Air Force One. Um. Our good old friend Harrison here plays the President of the United States of America <laughs> with one of the most weird uh what is it title captions on a poster i've ever seen it's like harrison ford is the president of the united states (laughs) what the poster says and i'm like harrison (laughs) ford is the president of the united states and i'm like i'm like okay in in this movie or okay or in real life that's the case then who's that yeah yeah if if, if the movie did well he was actually going to campaign for president of the united states (laughs) i wouldn't be shocked um, so directed by Wolfgang Peterson, also known which for... shocked me. I, I I didn't realize that was a Wolfgang Peterson movie. Yeah. So I've Wolfgang Peterson is known for movie. Das Boot, uh, the Never Ending Story, Enemy Mine, the, yeah. In the Line of Fire, Outbreak, Air Force One, The Perfect Storm, and Poseidon, the 2006 one. Oh, Not a Troy. great movie. And Troy. Well, and he's he's German, right? Uh, yep. I believe so. Yeah. Well, which Wolf... is funny because Air Force One might be the most American movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I know. It's up there. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is well. Keep, one thing that I was telling Christian about is that this is a very Clinton era movie, and it shows. Like, yeah. Because this is when Western exceptionalism was at its all time high. We yeah. just yeah. finished the yeah. Cold War had just ended. Well, they, I, they, I, 
go ahead. When when sorry, I just want I just want to say one thing real quick. When when the fucking fighter plane essentially takes a bullet for Air Force One, that's <laughs> yeah. the funniest part of the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a very funny movie, which is I don't think it was the intention, but I no. think it's funny in the same way that Die Hard is like Die Hard has its moments where it's just like oh god that, but other moments you're like that shouldn't be funny, but I'm laughing anyway. Um, yeah. But this is Die Hard on a fucking plane, um, mm-hmm. and Harrison Ford is John McClane as the except, president. Except of less the, less of an everyman because less, he's the president. He's the fucking president. <laughs> um, so. Uh, the basic premise is that Harrison Ford um, is goes to is it Kazakhstan? Uh, I think so. Yeah, so I'm reading. That. I have the Wikipedia yeah, because Kazakh. Uh, yeah, that would be right because Kazakhstan was just forming as a nation around oh. that time. Uh, mm-hmm. No, sorry, he attends a diplomatic dinner in Moscow. Uh, right, right. It's about right. it's about Kazakhstan. Right? Yeah, and yeah. he basically just says like, "We will no longer negotiate with terrorists." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like you know, completely goes off script or whatever. And his his uh, counsel is like, "Don't do that, please." And he's like, "I'm the fucking president." And then <laughs> uh, Gary Oldman plays a um, I what is his name in the movie? I can't remember his name. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, sure it's said. But Igor I can't it. Igor Korshkinov. <laughs> right, Igor Korshkinov, a ruthless Radic uh, loyalist who lead or Radic. Loyalist who leads the hijacking of Air Force One. Uh, mm-hmm. He believes that the collapse of the Soviet Union has ruined his country. Um, the character is a, a erroneously named Ivan Korsarov in the in the end credits, which is <laughs> not right. <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah, I was I was watching this movie and I'm like, is it is it is it bad that I kind of agree with Gary Oldman more than Harrison Ford? <laughs> 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 yeah, like. I mean, he's not. And that's the thing about like. Yeah. I think Gary Oldman probably signed on because he was like, "I'll do it if the villain is like understandable." Like, or he, if I could just have fun playing this uh, guy. Yeah. And you can tell he has a fucking riot. Um, Gary Oldman always always seems to have so much fun. Yeah. Oh, Gary Oldman. And the whole time we Liam and I watched it over Discord, and we were just like, "Holy shit!" Like, I I just we were howling and like having a good time, but um. Mostly known for the get off my plane. Yeah. (laughs) Which, oh man, Harrison Ford, come on. The one scene everybody remembers from that movie. It's like the only thing people remember about that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly I love that line. It's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah, Like he flies back and like the thing strangles him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He floats down on the parachute. Oh man. Yeah. And then. Harrison Ford lands the fucking plane, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 For once in his life, he landed the plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harrison. I mean, that is what that movie. Uh, it does well, actually, have one of those things. No, where, he didn't. He no, didn't he actually land yeah, it. Air Force no, One the, crashes the Air into Force... the Caspian Sea. Yeah. Caspian Sea. Right. Yeah. So he didn't I, land it. No, he didn't. Yeah, okay. I, this is more realistic than it seems. <laughs> I was going to say him trying to land it is where I started to think the movie kind of overstayed its welcome a little bit. Mm. Like I mean, that was where yeah. I was kind of like okay guys i think you could start to wrap it up a little it bit it is about half hour too long i would say i agree like and i think i honestly think part of that is like gary oldman's gone at that point yeah like and gary oldman is so much fun in that movie oh yeah, yeah he's, he's just having a ball <laughs> um i loved the when <laughs> the at the end there with the with the tether between the two planes yeah and they're like sending the people across i was like i don't know if that would work 
Um, <laughs> like I, I assume it would. I, I assume it's a tactic that's probably been played out. Um, it's but, extre- I, it, extremely dangerous, obviously. But like at that point, it was that or have them crash. Yeah. The guys are like uh, swinging back and forth. Like that'd be yeah. terrifying. One, that'd one be, thing I did. Shit, yeah. One thing I did take note of. And yes, I know it is Air Force One. And granted, I have never served in a military or for the United States, but I have a lot of trouble believing there would be that many guns on that plane. Yeah. Also, <laughs> is Air Force One like also kind of a commercial airplane? Like, I was very confused as to why they got they managed to get on the plane in the first place. Oh, because they were they they is at the beginning of the movie they killed that press team. Yeah. Oh, right. And, and they took and they took their place. Right. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. kind of went over my head there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Air Force One is, is a hoot. Um, yeah, it's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, I don't know if I'd call it a good movie. Uh, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's entertaining. It, it's entertaining for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think, I think largely because of uh, uh, Harrison Ford's charisma and Gary Oldman's chaotic energy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and like it's, uh, yeah, like you said before, I don't I don't think it was intended to be as funny as it was. Yeah. And maybe and maybe also it's more just funny because we are in a different era now. True. Kind of like but, yeah, so you can't really make movies like this anymore or movies no, like with, uh, with, with with the like totally sincere patriotism and stuff like that. Like in this era, in this like time, that wouldn't fly. No. It's kind of like why same reason you could never make a movie like Independence Day today. Yeah, and they tried yeah, yeah. it. It didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Independence Day too. <laughs> yeah, resurgence. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a very I, fun movie. Yeah, it's not particularly good, but it's also not that bad. And I mean, yeah. Harrison Ford is—he's pretty good as the president. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Like, he does a pretty good job. And like, he—it's funny because he's like kind of Reagan era esque, mixed with like um bill clinton s yeah i think i think they're going for like uh someone who like both sides of, of the political aisle the, the american political aisle could like see themselves in yeah which so is they weren't going to alienate anybody yeah <laughs> yeah uh it made 315.2 million dollars so on and, a, and that's in the 90s right? yeah on an 85 yeah. million dollar budget so that's pretty good harrison probably got a pretty penny out of that also yeah, it's yeah, a I buena don't... vista film so technically it's a disney movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah Anyway, there you go. that is uh, Air Force One. Um, I did, uh, the only reason I said we should talk about Indiana Jones last is because I know we're going to be talking about that the most. Um, mm-hmm. uh, do you want to touch on Star Wars at all? Uh, I think I think we've kind of said, we can talk about it for a little bit, but I think we have said kind of most of the stuff that can be said about uh, Han Solo. Yeah. I mean, I could, uh, I could start with a fun fact about... Uh, uh, about uh, Harrison Ford and Han Solo as a character. All right. Fun fact I didn't learn about... I didn't learn about this recently, but apparently, uh, uh, was it when writing Han Solo, uh, George Lucas specifically based him off of Francis Ford Coppola, as they were close, mm-hmm. as they were close friends. Huh. I've heard that as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Han Solo is like kind of the classic, roguishly handsome, like morally ambiguous scoundrel. Scoundrel. Yeah, that's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yeah, mm. that that is that is Han Solo in a nutshell, <laughs> and Harrison Ford brings the exact right amount of kind of smarmy charisma to it. He's a nerfer. Uh, yeah, yeah, scruffy looking nerf herder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Who's I, scruffy looking. I agree. I and it's funny because he is the probably the funniest character in A New Hope. You know, mm. like, and it's it's weird because he there's a couple moments where he like completely breaks the the like uh, 
the atmosphere and like mm. what they're setting up, especially when he's like speaking over the intercom and he's like, how are you? You know, like <laughs> it just seems, it just seems so totally out normal of, situa- totally normal situation here. Uh, uh, we're doing great. Uh, how, how are you? Yeah. And it's just, it just breaks the tension for one, but two, it also just kind of like, is like, why it, when I was playing a Jedi Fallen Order and I saw headphones in, in the beginning of the game, I was like, nope, it fucking made me so mad. This did the opposite where I was like, oh, this is charming. Like, it yeah, kind, it kind yeah. of like, it pulls you out of the scene just enough, but then puts you immediately back into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Harrison Ford is so good at like, this This, this applies to most of his movies. Like, uh, obviously not knowing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Han Solo never knows what he's doing. Nice. <laughs> it's great. I love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, the Fugitive. The Fugitive. Uh, directed by Andrew. What's his name? I can't remember. Well, hold on. It's a good thing we got the Google machine here. The Google machine. Uh, directed by Andrew Davis. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Andrew cool. Davis, who, another fun fact, strangely enough is the same guy who directed under siege and holes mm-hmm. and holes yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh man under siege um, <laughs> and above the, the law uh he did above the law yeah oh shit I'm, oh fuck we're gonna have to watch above the law down yeah. the road aren't we yeah well we are gonna talk about steven siegel at one point so mm-hmm. um <laughs> and yes that is henceforth what he will be referred to as. Yes, Steven. we are pronouncing his name correctly yes. because Steven we know Siegel. he because he's a far better seagull than he is an actor or martial artist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, 1993's The Fugitive, uh, directed by Andrew hey, Davis. That's uh, when I was born. Screenplay by Jeb Stewart and David Thwoey. Uh, Thwoey. Thwoey. Uh, Toei, the Toei. guy who, who made who uh, was made the Riddick movies. Yeah, wrote and directed all the Riddick movies. And Jeb Stewart, known for writing Die Hard. Um, uh, and anyway, Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, Joe Patliano, uh, Selma Ward. Selma Salla Ward. Yeah. Anyway, um, man, I watched this this afternoon, and it's fucking really good. <laughs> It's really good. It's fucking I, really good. I had only seen it once before, and I, I must not have been in a good mood or something because I, I didn't remember even how I felt about it. Hmm. So I'm like, oh, it must be kind of a middle-of-the-road movie. Then I watched it the other day. I'm like, holy shit, this is tense as fuck. It's yeah, a really well – I mean, outside of it being what could have easily been just a thrown-together uh, action cash cow, it's a pretty well-made movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and I, I love I – love, like, uh, especially with Tommy Lee Jones' character, you know everything you need to know about him in the first five seconds he's on screen. Yeah, like, we're, like they every, set up his character so quickly. Every farmhouse, boathouse, outhouse, doghouse. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does not fuck around. And I, yeah. I, I like, I love when he meets the, the 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 chief of police there or whatever, and he's like, "It's like I'll get to you eventually." And he's like, "Okay," <laughs> and he's like. Yeah. Well, 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 you'll know who I am in a minute. Um, yeah, yeah. But so the fugitive is about uh, uh, Doctor Richard Kimball, um, who is uh, accused of murdering his wife and is then sentenced to um, uh, death, uh, the death penalty uh, by lethal injection. Um, when he is being sent to uh, the prison, he's his the uh, the bus flips several times and. Uh, then is hit by a train, which allows him to to escape. Uh, in his escape, he is then pursued by Tommy Lee Jones, uh, playing a character by the name of 
Deputy Samuel, Mar- yeah, Samuel Gerard, Deputy Marshal <laughs> Samuel Gerard. Um, and anyway, he then goes to try and solve the murder of his wife by the one-armed yeah. man. Um, yeah, it's so it's it's funny because you hear that concept and you're like, oh man, this is gonna be hokey as fuck. And mm-hmm. then you watch it and you're like, oh no, yeah, like, this is very tense. Like, yeah. Even when it slows down, you're like, oh God, he's going to get caught. He's going to get caught. It's a movie directed with so much control behind the camera. Yeah. There's not there's not a wasted moment. Not, no, movie. not even. Yeah. The setup is so quick and efficient. Yeah. Uh, well, I and, love and, the beginning of the movie, Lucas, when it opens and it's just like, Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Lee. Lee. Jones. Jones. <laughs> there's also, a, there's a reason why this movie got the accolades and Oscar noms that it did. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it got yeah, nominated it, it, for Oscars. In fact, oh. uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, this is the year Tommy Lee Jones beat out Le- Leonardo DiCaprio for the Oscar. That's right. Yeah, you Best Supporting Actor. That. For for The Fugitive? Yeah. Yeah. I nice. didn't know that. It, um, in fact, in a, it. In it, was, fact, it was a hell of a performance. No, in yeah. fact, in a lot of ways, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Samuel Gerard is kind of what like a lot of movie government agents are still trying to recapture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I love like his whole point is like, like the the scene which i thought was at the end of the movie but when they're in the tunnel and Mm -hmm. he's like i didn't kill my wife and he's like i don't care that's yeah that's not what this is about like i'm here to catch you yeah samuel Samuel gerard is like the epitome of lawful neutral Mm -hmm. exactly because yeah Yeah. even at the end there when he's like he handcuffs him and he takes him in and he's in the car and the whole movie he's just like nope gotta catch him and then he catches him and he's like here's an ice pack yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hope you're all right. Like, you know? um, yeah, I, I love the way that it unfolds too. I mean, I did kind of figure it out like pretty quickly. Um, I didn't understand why things were happening the way that they were happening, and I'm glad that the movie explains it to you. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, the movie is like. 29 years old i think we can yeah, yeah. We can spoil I it think, at this point i think i think a lot of why you might have picked up on it also just does come from like even if you don't know it but cultural osmosis yeah exactly yeah and and also like this movie is way too efficient to introduce characters that would be super, superfluous so of course they rolled kind of the villain and his friend like into one that's that's also it's also a more uh it makes for a better twist makes for more tense moments yeah um but like it's this movie's so written and directed so efficiently that if they didn't do that that would be a misstep agreed yeah agreed um also julianne moore was just there for like a second that's true that's true i thought like i saw i'm like oh julianne moore i figured she'd be more important because like I, I, I see Juliet. Was that? She gets like pretty high billing in the movie. Yeah, 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 and like and like knowing Julianne Moore like nowadays is like a really famous, uh, well-regarded actress. I don't know how, how she was back then. Maybe she was just starting. She's just starting up. I yeah. can't remember. But like in my brain, I'm like, oh, she's gonna be important just because of like where I'm coming from. Red but. herring, red herring. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just want to mention this because I feel like I'd be remiss. She is so beautiful. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. I just, yeah. I don't, I know that's maybe like kind of uh, misogynistic of me to say on the I podcast, so. but like, holy crap. <laughs> like, Nothing you, this wrong with saying is... you find somebody attractive, assuming you're not a pervert about it. That's true. I'm not going to go any more into that. Maybe a break. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, you, if you start, if you start talking like going into specifics, then yeah, yeah. it's creepy, but I just love her she's teeth. Beautiful is fine. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to put her teeth in my mouth. <laughs> okay. That was just weird. Yeah. Now I'm stopping. Okay. Uh, cut that. that when, future you, Christian. Went, you went, 
You went into that. You went to like serial killer territory there. <laughs> um, one-armed man. Do you kill territory. Richard Kibble's wife? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, she's in it for like a, a half a second, and and even though she's only there for like a moment, like still good, still a good performance. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford, like against each other just makes perfect sense in my brain i don't know why. it really does and it especially really does. with I... the foils of their characters you know mm-hmm. yeah in fact i would love to see those two work together again on something well maybe I would not too. maybe not anymore I, goddamn I, they, I, I, I would know. say nowadays they have pretty similar energies yeah <laughs> uh yes. or at least they're, they're much more similar than they were back then but like back then i love tommy lee jones honestly he's okay. he's one of my favorite like character actors like he, pl- he generally plays the same character yeah uh like like the grumpy old grumpy old man with like really brusque energy unless he's two-faced but yes unless he's two-faced yeah <laughs> i don't know he's a lot of uh, uh what is it um i was gonna just go you made me think of his i have a feeling that uh i uh, was it and i uh, was it andrew davis really really loved working with this guy because he recast him and under siege and essentially build the whole movie around him oh really <laughs> yeah it's that movie like he gets a lot of screen time in that movie it's steven siegel and J- tommy lee jones and gary Busey. What? what a fucking movie what a cast Man. holy shit i'm gonna have so much fun watching that shit <laughs> um yeah, I love I loved The Fugitive. I thought it was I a fan, fantastic movie. Like, it, it, I James Newton Howard's scores always sound the goddamn same, but it just so, it's so effective. It you is like, it, like if you if you listen to them on their own, it's just like oh yeah, this is like a cheesy sort of like nineties eighties movie soundtrack. I didn't know but he did then, fantastic beats and where to find them. Oh, anyway. <laughs> But then, but then when it's like, uh, especially like in this, I, I I never noticed the soundtrack in this movie, which in a lot of ways is is how you know it's working, right? But yeah, yeah. I mean, when you have a scene where you have like Tommy Lee Jones just like staring at a coffee cup, and the music's like making it tense, well, that's mm-hmm. like okay, that's effective. Yeah, this is yeah, very effective for sure. Yeah. Honestly, I've I've almost I don't think I have any complaints about the Fugitive. Not no, me neither. It's it it's so good. <laughs> I know it's back. Uh, was it it's back when uh we got or i uh, we mean we started we've started to enter a new age of it again but when we could get genuinely really well made just well put together great uh was it just great action thriller mm-hmm. thrillers yeah mm-hmm. they don't really exist like this anymore no i think right. i think thrillers like in this sense have kind of gone out of style yeah i agreed yeah because uh, like, there are think... a couple but they t- they tend to star like older action stars like 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 bruce willis or russell crowe or something like that yeah yeah, even uh, some movies come along that just shamelessly rip off a fugitive, like Taken Three. <laughs> um, yeah, when you think of, I, I see what you're saying. Like, actually, yeah, Jack Taken is no Richard Kimball. No, Jack Taken is not. Um, like, when you look at something like uh, Unhinged with Russell Crowe, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've heard that movie's not very good, but it apparently it is kind of like a throwback to those mm-hmm. action thrillers. Um, yeah, I don't. That's that's funny. I, I'd love to see some more action thrillers in this sense. I, I, that's yeah, a good well, point. The, well, the guy who did wrote Unhinged is the same guy who uh, essentially made a career writing things like that. Like, I believe he's the same guy who wrote uh, Red Eye. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With K- Killian Murphy. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, oh, and he wrote Disturbia from what I understand. Oh, cool. But Disturbia is kind of a different thing. It's action. I wouldn't call it yeah. action, but it's a, definitely a thriller. Um, yeah. The, mo- the most recent kind of thriller in this sense that I can think of, even though... It, it sort of is like Death Wish with Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, remake a remake of an older movie. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 
And that, this one's much more brutal. <laughs> Death <laughs> Wish is much more brutal. Yeah. I was gonna oh, say, definitely. did you watch Death Wish? I did watch Death Wish. Oh god. Did you watch yeah. it like with your parents or something? Yeah. Or? Oh. Okay. Uh, yes, Death Wish, the Death Wish remake, pro guns of a movie. <laughs> he drops a car on a dude's head what? at some point. Yeah. Those movies anyway, were known for being quite violent, like mm -hmm. the original ones. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, this is not about uh, Death Wish. No. <laughs> yeah, The Fugitive. I I really. I'm partial to it. I think it's 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 in a very um, well well constructed film. Yeah, I think and I think Harrison Ford's performance in it is uh, it's not like outstanding, but it certainly works. Mm -hmm. It works very well. Yeah, he yeah he's pretty understated in a lot of scenes. Like even mm -hmm. when at the end there when he walks in uh, to the conference, but he's just he's yelling at his friend saying like This is what you did. I know what you did." Mm -hmm. um, even then, he's just kind of like, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and then he's got to go fight him on a roof. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's another thing Harrison Ford is very very good at, like looking exhausted. Yeah, because he probably like, like, is. And that, that, um, that's that's not like some like backhanded compliment or anything. Like especially in Indiana Jones movies, like when at the end he's obviously exhausted. Yeah, and it, it's great. And he's like he's had the shit beat out of him and. Yeah, he's very, one, he's very, very good at that. That's one thing. Also, action movies kind of miss these, uh, but I kind of miss from action movies, which is where the hero is at their breaking point. Like they're yeah. just exhausted, and you can tell they've been through hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So that's the fugitive. Um, good movie. Yeah, recommend. Uh, moving into Indiana Jones. Da 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 da. <laughs> of the Lost Ark. Da, 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 da. Man, copyright, hey, right, right, right. Copyright. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. No more singing, singing. <laughs> uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, instant classic. Instant. Yeah. Like literally when it, when it came out, it was it was instantly regarded as like a masterpiece. I mean, yeah. I think like most people our age, the India, the original Indiana Jones movies have kind of always been a part of my life. Mm. Like just being shown to me very very young. Yeah, it's funny and, you should mention that because the only one I had seen when I was a child was Temple. And yeah. And then when I got That's a little, like the least child friendly one. Te Temple of Doom was the first one I saw. Because I, I wasn't allowed to watch Raiders as a kid mm -hmm. um, because my dad was like, it's too violent. And I was like, and then I, after I watched uh, Temple the other day, I was like, really? <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me like yeah, yeah like there's think, a couple times where nazis faces melt and shit but like this there's a guy running around ripping dudes okay. hearts out like, <laughs> like most yeah. like most kids seeing the ending when they opened the arc genuinely terrified me oh, oh yeah it's so yeah, I, I, I laughed my ass off last like when i watched it because it is such a corny effect but mm -hmm. it's very effective um, yeah sorry you I, I i didn't actually see the indiana jones movies till i think i was about 14 hmm my parents were, were a little more strict about what I was allowed to watch. Uh, but uh, that, like, I, I've, I was always aware of Indiana Jones. Like, I'd seen clips, I'd, they, like, through cultural osmosis, I kind of got a lot. Right. And also, obviously, I was a huge fan of Star Wars growing up. So I knew that Han Solo's in those movies. Mm -hmm. you no. Know. <laughs> well, with uh, Indiana Jones, it was funny because uh, I got shown, I think my dad showed them to me because I got really into Star Wars. And my dad hates Star Wars. But he loves Indiana Jones. He's like, okay, I'll show you some Harrison. So he's Ford like we Harrison can watch Ford, together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, okay, well, 
In fact, my dad and I went to the premiere together dressed as Indiana Jones for uh, at, for Kingdom of a Crystal Skull. You fucking nice. nerd. <laughs> Seriously, my dad, like Christian has met my father on a number of occasions. My dad dressed up with me I for that. I could not imagine your dad cosplaying. That's just a weird, <laughs> weird thing to me. Um, yeah, yeah so, I, think, I think Indiana Jones is peak Harrison Ford. I yeah. agree. Yeah, I It's agree. Harrison Ford at his absolute best. Mm-hmm. And yeah, trying his hardest, having mm-hmm. the most fun. Um, you can tell he and he loves to work with steven spielberg like mm-hmm. you can tell because he he gives it his all throughout that that whole series you know he like yeah. really really puts it on the whole yeah time. and he's he's also publicly said many times that he will he would like to play indiana jones until he dies yeah and i like he, he loves indiana jones so we didn't watch um the fourth one because i didn't one i didn't really want to um yeah and we're, we're more talking about uh uh, uh, Harrison Ford at his peak. Yeah, yeah. We, well. We'll talk a little bit about uh, uh what is it about uh the fourth one when probably towards the end of the show. But that's part of a whole other subject that I wanted to get into. Yeah. So with Raiders, so Raiders is about uh, Indiana Jones is a uh, uh, archaeologist, doctor, professor uh, <laughs> at a university, university teacher. Um, who, which is so funny. He's a university teacher, but also an adventurer. And, yeah, <laughs> an, arche- an, an archaeologist and a, a globe-trotting archaeologist is and Nazi fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so I always um, forgot, like as a kid, that you know the first one is very Nazi focused, and the third yeah. one, a lot of Nazis. A lot um, of Nazis. The yeah. second one, no Nazis. I no thought Nazis. I thought the second one had a lot to do with Nazis. No Nazis. No. Yeah. The second one takes place is the second. Uh, Temple of Doom is the first one chronologically. Yeah, it takes place one year before um, Raiders, and then mm-hmm. Lost. Uh, sorry, Last Crusade takes place two years after Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so Indiana Jones is very much based around like old adventure serials. Uh, yeah, kind of like Doc, like back in the days of like Doc Savage or um, uh, was it or what's that? Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, like or just like even old like some Robert E. Howard stories or yeah yeah he's he's kind of like a cowboy um but more yeah yeah but kind of kind of like kind of like a cowboy but like a globe trotting cowboy yeah cowboy of the world you know he's yeah not a citizen of the world he's a cowboy of the world yeah and <laughs> basic the basic premise of Raiders of the Lost Ark is the Nazis have tried to um, are are looking for the Ark of the Covenant as a way to um, is it for Im- immortality or just more control and godlike power basically power power yeah. Yeah. they believe it if they open it they're gonna get like god powers from it right and Indiana Jones is like hard no <laughs> <laughs> um, so what he does is he goes to generally generally if Nazis are doing them stopping them is a good idea yeah I agree <laughs> so he goes to Nepal to, to get a, a medallion from Marion uh, what's her last name. Ravenwood. Ravenwood, yeah, Ra- Marion Ravenwood, who's you know his ex girlfriend or whatever. Um, there, there, there's some very uncomfortable implications yeah, with that, that storyline. Yeah, she was a child. Um, she was, she was like, I think, I think, uh, they, yeah, she was like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, um, and he is an adult and definitely yeah. abused his power in that situation. Uh, yep, uh, which isn't fact, a great sorry, thing about Indiana Jones. Sorry, that's one thing I'm going to say about Indiana Jones is that as much as he's seen as like the ideal American hero or whatnot. He also is kind of a scoundrel. Like when he finds out oh, yeah. that she's alive or whatever, he just leaves her there because. Well, he has reason for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah but still it is. Reasons for that, but, but still, yeah. it is kind of fucked up. Yeah. And, and and he does a lot of fucked up stuff in Temple. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Oh yeah. For um, sure. Um, but so with Raiders, like like you said, Lucas, instant classic. When it came out, it made it's the high. It was the highest grossing film of 1981, uh, earning approximately 300.5 million dollars in 1981. 
You yeah. Know? That's a lot of goddamn. That's a, that's a similar amount of money to the fugitive uh, in '93. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, it's ten years of inflation. <laughs> yeah, and Indiana Jones was made, was filmed on a twenty million dollar budget. Um, oh damn! So it made a lot of goddamn money. It says yeah. box office. It says three point uh, three hundred eighty nine point nine million is what it says. But I think that's kind of wishy washy. Um, it was not. It won five Academy Awards, which I did not know. Um, I mean, it also kind of uh, helped establish uh, Lawrence Kasdan as kind of like uh, the great writer that he really was in that in that day. Yeah, mm-hmm. is he mm-hmm. still alive? Yeah, he's still. Alive. And in yeah. fact, um, it's still. Uh, was it in a lot of film classes? They still use uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark as a perfect way to teach the three act structure. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. does. It does. Oh, yeah. And it's also a movie yeah. that, like, once it starts, it doesn't really stop. Yeah, you know, like it. it that, that's something I realized about the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, watching this, watching this weekend, they are exhausting. Yeah, like you, you that movie ends and you're physically tired. Yeah, like for sure. <laughs> still, like, but still hype, and you're like, Ooh. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to punch some Nazis. <laughs> yeah. um, one, it. one thing that the Indiana Jones movies do have, and I believe all of them have this to a degree, but I kind of miss in movies, which is the big guy. When it comes to like, you, like, oh, yeah. you go through drones and drones of people have members like, there's this one enormous who, dude. Yeah, who like, uh, you just can't, it's where like, it like just takes everything out of you to take him down. It's the dungeon boss. Yeah. 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 Basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's is just so good. Like, I, 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 I'm struggling to think of things to say about it that aren't just, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I just like it. It's so or good. just, you know, the annoying nitpicks that people have come up with over the years. Like, oh, oh Indy was, u- was useless because he didn't have to be there. What do you mean? The Nazis would have. Op- they say like, oh, the Nazis would have opened the covenant, and he had nothing to do with uh, their demise. Oh, okay. Which is like true. Yeah. It's but true. Al- yeah, but, but it's... also, but also, like, it says a lot about Indiana Jones as yeah. a character that he did it anyway. Like, yeah. And also, you can't fucking, you can't fucking see the future. Like, he didn't know he didn't need to be there. That's true. <laughs> like, That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, In fact, uh, my response to nitpicks like that is. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. <laughs> I love how Alfred Molina gets like top billing on that movie and then dies five minutes in. <laughs> He's just in the beginning. Yeah. He just immediately dies. Um, yeah. Even just that introduction with Indy is kind of a perfect introduction. One of the most perfect yeah. introductions to a character. Com- even like I am trying face to face and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Even him- not just not just a character, but also like the concept of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Where he's yeah, he you know, he's the hero. Yeah. yeah, you know, and it's funny because it treats him like so heroic in that scene, but then the rest of the movie he's falling down and hurting himself. Well, even in that scene, he fucks up when he's trying to steal. When he's trying to take that's the true. Idol. That's yeah. true. That's true. That's true. It's an introduction to that. So he made it too well. heavy. Is that right? <laughs> like, because the thing uh, sinks, or did he? Yeah, I believe so. I, either way, he got the weight wrong. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and it has to run. <laughs> yeah, that's. And yeah, then, no. he, and then he trusts the guy when he shouldn't. Like he, he he's always making mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's one. Again, that's what I've all. That's what I've really loved about Indiana Jones, at least as an adult. Because when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh, this guy's just cool" or whatnot. And as an, and like he does all these amazing things. And as an adult, I'm like, "No, the character works because he's always making mistakes and getting out of them." Yeah. He's also just a dork. Yeah. <laughs> he's a history nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was it, like kind of at the time. Obviously not something brand new because it was inspired by a lot of uh, previous stuff, just like Star Wars was. Yeah, uh, I think they, they probably have a lot of the similar inspirations. Yeah. Well, um, like uh, well, like Star Wars, uh, Indiana Jones uh, came up because uh, George Lucas had the idea for it, mm-hmm. and then uh, Kasdan and Spielberg really helped flesh it out. 
yeah and he couldn't and like he he wasn't able to make like a remake of uh flash gordon or something and also uh if if i'm if i'm not mistaken uh i believe one of the reasons spielberg made indiana jones was because they wouldn't let him make a bond movie oh so oh. he's like i'll make it myself yeah yeah exactly like, <laughs> See, like there's a lot there's because... a lot that indiana jones and james bond having have in common in terms of like structure and like concept I, think... I i like i think indiana jones is way better but. Yeah. I thought it was because Steven Spielberg is Jewish and he wanted to watch Nazis die. But that's, <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, I will say, in, I mean, fair. as troubling as Bond is, I stand by, but I'm a fan of both, but I am more of far more partial to Indiana Jones. Yeah. 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 Like I think most people around my age, I don't really mm -hmm. know Bond very well, which is going to come into play at the end of the show. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, yeah. So Raiders. Yeah. Instant classic, incredibly um, well-made well Like I also have a hard time finding anything bad about it. Um, Aside from the things that we've kind of already pointed out, like the troublesome nature of some of his character, um, mm. you know, but then again, they also kind of, he, he's like, yeah, I fucked up. I fucked up really bad. And I did something really creepy. And it's like, yeah, no, not still not excusable, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, also, John Rice Davies is so great. I just want to mention that. He's delightful. <laughs> he's delightful. Just, everything he's in. He's, and he's incredibly he's like... skinny in this one too, which was very weird yeah. to see. <laughs> because in the third one, he's not... He's John, he's John Rice Davies as we know him now. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. So what a fucking garbage movie. <laughs> I will not. So I will not go as far as to say as to call uh, Temple of Doom garbage because it is still pretty well made and it does have it, is very it does still have yeah. some pretty awesome scenes. My biggest thing, problem with it is one thing that uh, uh, thing I know Lucas has criticized uh, some other pieces of media for. And uh, this movie at points reaches uh, that criticism for me, which is there are points where I just find this movie unrelentingly miserable. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Like particularly when we're just down, when we're in the caves or whatnot or whatnot, it's just people getting whipped and tortured or whatnot. Mm, yeah. And it just goes on Children, for a long time. No yeah. 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 And it just goes on for a long time. And I'm like, where's the fun in this? Yeah. It, I think this is, this is, in my opinion, the least fun of the of the indiana jones and movies the, you could tell they tried to make it the most fun by, yeah. by having yeah. like a shrill annoying woman um oh my god i hate uh kate uh kate capshaw in this movie she is insufferable uh, yeah. i don't i don't even th it's not the actress's fault either they like they they wrote willie to be just absolutely useless yeah in and, fact, uh, from what I understand, a lot of her lines were written on napkin cards by Spielberg just on the day because they were dating oh, at the time. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, so, that's um, weird. The other thing here is that uh, Indy kidnapped that woman. <laughs> yeah, and threatened her life in like the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, and then she falls in love with him, which is not right. That's wrong. That's like, weird. You, you have, Stockholm Syndrome. You have Stockholm Syndrome. And also, yeah. like, I get what they're doing with Short Round in mm -hmm. that they're trying to, you know, make have a foil for children like mm -hmm. ch children audiences and whatnot um but did indiana jones need a sidekick like that like no yeah right i mean yeah, I, I think I, I think that worked as well as it could have yeah i don't i, I don't i think the concept is flawed but an execution they did an all right job they did an okay I job mean, and i, I know mean, what, what, what's his name again uh k who kwan uh he you know he's in two movies he's in this one and he was in the goonies and then nothing ever again <laughs> yeah um yeah no i was gonna i would i know among the indiana jones fan base short short round is either loved or hated uh what is it i've never really loved short round or really had that much of a problem with them 
when he would okay. scream or whatnot, there would be points where I would try my patience a little bit. Mm, but just because it was just, but it's main bats mainly just because it's a kid with a really high pitched voice shouting, and when there's two people doing screaming all the yeah, time, yeah, there, there is too much too much high pitched screaming in this movie. I, I I generally like short round. I think like I think they uh, they did a pretty good job with the idea, even if I don't think the idea was was good. Yeah, fair. Uh, and I'll, and I don't I don't blame the kid for anything. Like he was just well, he was just doing his job. He's yeah. a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess what really bothers me about Indiana Jones is that, or sorry, Temple of Doom is that it's the least Indiana Jones movie. You know, out of yeah. out of all of them, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's even you know throwing in um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which mm-hmm. definitely doesn't. It feels more like an Indiana Jones movie than this one does. Yeah, like, like a boring Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Way too goddamn long. Um, but yeah, it just didn't feel the same. Is there Nazis mm-hmm. in, in Kingdom? Uh, uh, no, it's the Soviet there's, Union. Yeah, the Soviet Union. Because yeah. it takes place ten years after. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. during the Cold take, War. A hot take that's come out more in recent years about uh. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is that uh, while these are like adventure serial inspired, that one's a little more B movie inspired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. But yeah, like, Temple of Doom is is also it's kind of uncomfortable in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like go so far as to call it racist because I don't understand it well enough. But also like it it feels like it might be. It, yeah, it, <laughs> I, I would. Yes. So I I watched it with my partner, and when we got to the scene where they're eating the monkey brains, we were like this. This is racist. <laughs> like, well, I think I think uh, that I think there was kind of a failure in execution with that scene because I think that scene was supposed to like alert us and the characters that something is wrong here. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I think a lot of people took it as, oh, Indian people actually do that. They yeah. eat that stuff. They eat bugs. Which, yeah, yeah. kind of like. Which, well, I mean, a lot, lot, lot of lot of the world, lot of the world eats bugs. Yeah, which yeah, very well yeah, could yeah. be true, but just not beetles like scooping them. Like, I mean, yeah, very and, well and could be true, and it's, but it's, I don't it's think shot. It is. It's shot to be disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I think it's all. I think it's the same thing. Where um, uh, what is it? And again, like, take what I take what I'm saying as you will, because I don't. I'm not the most qualified person to be talking about this. But I think it's the same thing that like has followed some things with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Like an example I could give is somebody like Jar Jar, which is that I don't believe it. There uh, was it any racism or whatnot were intended or whatnot. No, or, no I think it's just intent. Yeah, I think it's just really unfortunate that it came across that way. Yeah, yeah, I think they, they probably obviously as as they're they're rich white men, they have all the same prejudices that yeah. that we have as well. Um, but like, um, uh, yeah, I think there, there there's some things that could have done with the rewrite. I think that scene just wasn't shot in a way that communicated what what the idea was very well um one thing sorry unrelated to the, the, the that scene but just as the movie as a whole um we can thank it for um the pg-13 rating so uh, oh yeah, yeah that and gremlins because they came out in very similar times i think like within months of each other and mm. yeah it says after its rating system which is which it did within two months of his film's release creating a new pg-13 um rating um because this movie is very violent. <laughs> yeah, parents yeah. were pretty upset taking their kids to it and it being as violent as it was. They, in fact, there were a lot of claims that Spielberg, it's like like Spielberg had pushed PG too far. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's not quite enough to be R-rated, but... Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's not there's no cursing. Um, it's some. So, of I think movie... he, says, he says shit a couple times, but that's it. Right. Yeah, but like, you know, fucks, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it, just the pure amount of violence and, like you said, it's very, very dark. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's and you it 
but it, it's unbalanced because you have those those goofy scenes like where Indiana Jones is like wrestling with the thought of if, if he should go back over to her room, right? Mm-hmm. To you know, and they're 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 wrestling with that thought. And then immediately, like, gets strangled really hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, then, and then hangs a dude by the fan with yeah, his whip. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there are uh, thing, uh, some things in that movie, like, because again, I've said that I find this movie fairly miserable in a lot of ways. There are still some really fun scenes that stick out to me. Oh, for sure. Like, oh, yeah. with the mine, uh, the mine shaft uh, roller coaster thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, I the, remember... fight, the fight with the big guy in the conveyor belt. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, uh, even the, that the scene on scene. the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, the bridge scene. Yeah, there's a lot of great scenes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, this scene is a lot of screaming. And I, as a kid, I thought it was funny. I don't know why we're in the end, uh, short round playing cards. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you cheated. And it's like, and we're just going back I, yeah. and forth. It's like, oh, really? And you accuse me of cheating? Yeah, like, again, I, I, I think that's a funny idea for a scene. I think I think there's a lot of good ideas in this movie that weren't, like, realized fully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just seems like Spielberg was getting cocky. You know, um, maybe yeah. around this time because this is '84, so this is we're mm. talking like he peak. had just had a lot of successes. Yeah, we're mm. talking peak Spielberg here because what? Let's see what what else was he had done at that point? Um, uh, yeah, say Raiders. E.T. E. was two e. years e. before it. Um, the Color Purple was right after this. Like Empire of the Sun was two years after that. You know, and so he, he was he was like he was like uh, this was his rise. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Because obviously he'd also done Jaws before that. Mm-hmm. Um, 75, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's my opinion. And also not written by Kasdan. Um, written by Willard Hyuk and Gloria Katz, who Gloria Katz is... is um, who she? Oh, she's married to Willard Huck, or was, until okay. until she died. Um, but she's known for writing Mistress of Evil, American Graffiti, uh, Howard the Duck... <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> um, there is one last thing I did want to say about uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, is that I know this is not a defense of a scene of a of of this scene in of a scene in Kingdom of a Crystal Skull, which is that people always go off and talk about how unrealistic the fridge thing is, and I'm like, yes, yes, it definitely is. But keep in mind with this movie, like when we go jump out of a plane with like the inflatable boat, I'm yeah. like, you guys don't, you guys are the same people who don't complain about this. Yeah, like, yeah. You like, do not like live. <laughs> it, Indy, Indy, and like the whole gang died like 16 times in this movie. Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. yeah, there's a lot of death going like, on. Yeah, like, and, and like uh, Ra- Raiders and Crusade kind of get away with a little, a little better, I think, but like, the bad guys in the like the bad guys in Temple of Doom have such bad aim, mm-hmm. like yeah. like Indiana Jones isn't even moving. He's hanging from a bridge, and they hit everything except him, like I, literally. Yeah, I could swear it's that like... George Lucas actually directed this one. <laughs> <laughs> and there 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 were a couple like uh, uh, Star Wars homages as well, or at least one when Indiana Jones is like chasing after the couple guys, then he stops, gets a scary mm-hmm. expression on his face, runs away, mm-hmm. and just like a ton of. Uh, guys start chasing them which is a scene that happened in new hope yeah yeah it it definitely like there's humor in in this one more than than i would say in raiders um Mm -hmm. yeah this movie was definitely trying to be funny and i don't think it executed that very well yeah and Um, also like the 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 how he in the end how he beats uh what's his name the kind of leader of the cult yeah is kind of like out of nowhere like he starts muttering uh, 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 a like a magic incantation. Mola Ram. Mola Ram yeah. yeah. Was that established earlier in the movie, or did uh, I miss well, that? Well, yeah, because he he says uh, Talia Ma, 
when he's when he's ripping the people's hearts out and stuff. Oh, um, okay. So yeah. he, the fact that he does black magic like that, um, also mm. way too much goddamn voodoo. I, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mind when the Indiana Jones movies have magic and and whatnot because that's just what makes it the the mystery yeah. and everything fun. Mm-hmm. But something about voodoo just pisses me off because it's just too much power. Too much power. <laughs> it, well, it, also, there's the fact of the way the West understands or what the West thinks voodoo is is pretty mm-hmm. fucked compared to what it actually is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he does have magic and is capable of, of doing that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and he's like really mad that he like betrayed Shiva yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Like suddenly it's personal to him, I guess. Was, I don't know. I felt like I just felt like that scene was kind of out of nowhere. Like the, the final resolution of how they killed the bad guy. And like, even if you're just missing the one like stone, like just get the other two back. Like you, you still got power. Why do you need all yeah. three? <laughs> this is greedy. <laughs> do you even say you don't have all five, right? Yeah, yeah. And he only it. takes one. He only takes the one back to the village. Yeah, the other two fall into the river. And, the, and like... the, don't you think that those that there's going to be a lot of followers that still exist that are going to go find that thing again like yeah it doesn't feel yeah. it doesn't feel finalized um, yeah in my opinion oh anyway, that's temple um anything else you want to say about temple i think it's a lot a lot of good ideas a lot of good scenes but i think that just doesn't mesh as yeah. well as it could have all right let's move on to the last crusade what last crusade. a fucking great movie the I, last crusade's great it's, it's I love that movie so much. So I it's, had it's never my favorite seen it in- as a kid. Oh, really? Ever. Yeah. So mm. when I got to see it as an adult, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> this well, it's, is also good. A, it's also interesting because it is a lot of people's favorite Indiana Jones film. And right. Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's my favorite. Yeah. And I can see. I, I, can like, see I, like, I, love, I love Raiders as well. But like in my mind, Raiders doesn't even compare to Crusade. Yeah. Uh, it was written by Jeffrey David Boom or Boom. Um, who also wrote uh, The Dead Zone, Inner Space, The Lost Boys, and Lethal Weapon Part 2 and 3. Um, so, you know, some stuff under his belt there. Yeah. And uh, so Last Crusade follows Indiana Jones and uh, his father in the attempt to find the Holy Grail before the Nazis can drink out of it and become <laughs> yep. immortal. Um, <laughs> even though, like, the knight explains at the end, like, you're not immortal if you don't leave. If you leave, <laughs> like, yeah. If you leave here, it's not going to do shit. Like that's part of the <laughs> that's part of the curse of of drinking from the Holy Grail. You know, um, yeah. It's again, it, it's the second longest Indiana Jones movie. It's 128 minutes, I believe. Mm. Um, is Crystal Skull the longer one? Yeah, it's like okay. Crystal Skull is like 140 minutes or 130 oh, yeah. minutes. Way too goddamn long. Um, but yeah, so. Crusade is so great because it goes back to the formula of Indiana Jones, you know, it but feels in the like, best uh, way possible. It feels yeah. like Spielberg took the criticisms from, actually took the criticisms from Temple of Doom to heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I would say that this is, in a way, Spielberg on autopilot. Not in a bad way, though. Like, because mm-hmm. it's, it's very much a Spielberg movie. And the way yeah. things move, like, literally, like, the camera, the way the camera moves, the way things are shot. Um, very Spielberg style. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's also, it's great because it's it's like the movie is a fan of Raiders of the Lost Ark, but doesn't want to mimic it. You know, mm-hmm. it pays homage a lot, especially with, like, the shadow. Like, when whenever Indy's standing somewhere and he's got the shadow there instead of actually seeing him. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, and I, I love I love the the really quick uh, uh, reference to the Lost Ark, where like they're they're in the tombs, and then uh, Elsa goes up to the wall, and the Ark is painted on the wall, mm. and she's like, "What's this?" He's like, "Ark of the Covenant." It's like, "Are you sure?" Oh, Are you sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I just dealt with this two years ago. Um, I yeah. really like how how it opens too, and like we didn't need to have Indy's origin, but it's mm. cool that we get it. Um, yeah, because it helps set up her, uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name, Sean Connery's character quite well. Rest in yeah. peace, Henry Jones Senior. Yeah, um, I forgot Sean Connery died. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Sad. But sets him up quite well, uh, and also same thing with like how in the other movies. That's the one thing about uh, with Temple I should mention too is it doesn't have the indie reveal, you know. It's just like yeah, he just sits down. He just sits down. Um, yeah. And then, but in Raiders and in Crusade, like even as young Indiana Jones, you don't see his face until someone says his name, and then he mm-hmm. comes out of the shadows. And I was like, that's great. Like you, like, yeah. And also, there's so many false ending or sorry, false starts in there where you think you're seeing Indiana Jones and you're not, and then it, yeah. and then it says 1912, and you're like. Oh, <laughs> which was two years after the Boy Scouts were, were made, by the way. I didn't know oh, that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And like, uh, uh, I, I really like the young indie intro because if, if they had just done like a, like if they had just done like a, a basic Indiana Jones going through a temple or dungeon or whatever, and like setting up traps, it's like, man, they're done that mm-hmm. obviously yeah, a, little a couple stale. times. Yeah, exactly. I, I really like that they, they gave kind of a little bit of insight in how he became who he was. Not a full fucking movie like Solo, but like... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's actually a TV series. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about Young that. Indiana I've never Jones. watched it. Yeah, I don't think anybody really... It's not... It, of Indiana Jones fans, it's not super well-regarded. I know a oh, lot yeah. of people still like it, but it's like it's like gravy, right? Oh, yeah. So. And it was it was uh, River Phoenix who mm-hmm. played Young Indy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was good. He, he was good, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, also, uh, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery have great chemistry together. They do. It's magnificent. And Such don't good. call me Junior. <laughs> <laughs> junior, look at the mess you made. <laughs> and it's so great because because why does Indy not have an accent like that? You know, yeah. it's, it's it's very odd, peculiar. Like why he would be his dad, but it also just makes perfect sense. Yeah. And even though Sean Connery at that, like Sean Connery is only like 12 years older than, uh, or no, no, even less than I think like, like they're, they're not actually that far apart in age. Really? He, he just yeah. tell look like it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which oh man, like, it's the funniest of the Indiana Jones movies, I think by, by a significant margin. Like I, I love the I love the scene where like uh, Elsa has him and his dad like tied up, and and she says something and he, he's he's like she's a Nazi. <laughs> like what? How'd you, how'd you know? She talks in her sleep. Oh yeah. Oh like, my what? god. <laughs> I fucking laughed so goddamn hard. I was like, you savage. <laughs> she talks in her sleep, and he's kind of like, you no way. And, like, <laughs> and when they're like hopping around, he's like, Dad. Junior, Dad, Junior. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Yeah. It's like and and like the jokes themselves are like fine, but like the the banter between uh, Harrison Ford, like he's like you said, Liam, their chemistry is just so good. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe. they play off each other so well. In fact, the more I think about, it, I think watching this movie as young as I did might have uh, might have helped cement or inspire just my love of watching just witty banter and whatnot. That's oh fair. yeah, at least when it's done well. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and it actually had like a legitimate character arc. Mm-hmm. Like like the other indie movies don't really have much in the way of character arcs. It's just you just, need you're, you're just don't. You're here's Indiana Jones. Okay. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks. which which is fine. Like movies don't need character arcs. Right. But like for Indiana Jones, like it, it's not necessarily an arc for his character, but it's more an arc for his relationship with his father, mm-hmm. which I think has a lot to do with his character. For sure. Um and 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 obviously like the 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 um alienation kind of between the two of them and bringing them back together yeah well it's what's great about their relationship is that it's not necessarily a bad relationship it mm-hmm. was a little neglectful sure yeah. but even there's that scene when they're on the blimp and and uh, uh sean connery explains like i did that for a reason like i gave mm-hmm. you independence i didn't know it was harmful like i i wanted you to feel like you could go live your life the way that you wanted to live your life you know mm-hmm. and then they get yeah you're right they get to come back together and i really like yeah, there, that there was no, there was there was nothing like malicious in either of their intents no it was just uh he made a mistake he didn't he didn't quite do it right right in fact uh the thing the more but i think back to this i think why uh uh what is it uh uh when i compare this to um uh what do you call it uh to uh temple of doom and why temple of doom doesn't work for me and when i think about this one i think it it's the fact that this movie genuinely has heart, mm-hmm. like the first one, and that's what I felt was missing from Temple of Doom. It's- yeah, Temple of Doom doesn't really like. There, there's no relationships that you really care about. I think the the closest thing the movie has to a heart is the relationship between Indy and Short Round, um, but even then, that's not really played up very much. Right. Um, whereas uh, Crusade has a very obvious heart. <laughs> it's it's yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Temple has literal temp- hearts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hearts being ripped out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. and I, I want one thing I want to mention. I think one of my favorite action scenes of all time is the tank chase. Oh God! In, yes. in uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, it is so good. It's so exciting and dynamic. It goes on for a while. It does. It yeah. does. It is exhausting. There's and a then, lot of car I, chases I, in this one, actually. There are quite yeah. a few. Yeah. And and of course the scene where Indy shoots three Nazis at once is iconic. <laughs> and even uh, he's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "That worked." <laughs> even, in fact, one thing that I think I really take away from the Indiana Jones movies, the original ones, when I think about a lot of uh, modern action movies, is the fact that the Indiana Jones movies don't look very polished. They're very dirty mm-hmm. and like uh, like you could sometimes even see dirt on the camera lens or whatnot, and I really miss that in uh, big blood budget action movies. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, it's really. Good I, I I like I like that indie ends each of these movies bloodied, dirty. Half his clothes are missing because. They... <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to mention just we were talking about heart in the movie and that scene when uh, they think Indy has died, right? Mm-hmm. And Sean Connery is just like, all I needed was five more minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like that's so that's a very powerful moment. It and is, then, and then I love how it's immediately undercut by him showing up and be like, "What are y'all fucking looking at?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like even I don't actually think that undercuts the moment because uh, Sean Connery immediately turns around and gives Andy probably the first hug he's ever given him. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, if it were if this were a Marvel movie, they would just quit back and forth after that. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. they don't really. Yeah, he he kind of gives him the five minutes there. But mm-hmm. in his yeah, he yeah. still doesn't like he just still doesn't say it. Um, yeah, I, if, if I remember right, but no. like he does give him a big hug, which does say it. Yeah, which is enough. Yeah, yeah. And then the final stake, the like the 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 final conflict, like the final stakes that he has to overcome is saving his dad's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. by the and, way, very cool effect when they pour the water on on the wound, 
and oh, yeah. it just disappears. I was like, that yeah. is very, very, very With cool. the steam, right? Yeah. 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 It like kind of just dissolves. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. And they could have made that, that bit with the knight very hokey, um, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They treated it with such respect and dignity that mm-hmm. I was gonna say that guy they got had a genuine presence and had a genu- yeah. and just had a true dignity to him. So much gravitas. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to see if I can he find great. find his name on here. But. Yeah. I, I also just love like that final dungeon. Like like the, the puzzles that are involved, like like the, the three trials. They're, they're just so much fun. And like it's that's that is classic adventure. Mm-hmm. Like classic like classic classic like exploration adventure movie. And where, you have like, yeah, you have Indy's dad like whispering and then going back and forth and whatnot. And like you could tell that they're talking to each other, but they're like mm-hmm. they're not. But, but I agree yeah, with like, you. Like yeah. that, that was kind of the moment in my interpretation is like that's kind of the moment uh they were connected again as yeah. father and son. Yeah. Um and I, I love I I don't know why. I just love the moment where he steps on the J and it falls through. Mm. He's like, No, 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 no. It's so spelled with an I. I don't know why. I just fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> the Jehovah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I love Last Crusade so much. It's incredibly impactful, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's also it's got such heart, like you said. Literally, it's got like so so much like depth to it, and like an honesty and whatnot, mm-hmm. and really sincerity. Brings, yeah, sincerity, and really brings the character home. You know, mm-hmm. which I felt like the return to form was so necessary, and and just really made people love Indiana Jones again, and then yeah. in turn appreciate Temple because of it. Because mm-hmm. they're like, eh, you know, we wouldn't get here if it wasn't for that movie. So yeah, that's true. Uh, I also yeah, I should if say, if there weren't missteps, missteps, they wouldn't have got back on the right path. Me calling Temple garbage was a little bit of an like over exaggeration. <laughs> I didn't mean that. It's just not the best. It's not the best of the of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to? We might as well talk about. Might as well. well, well, I, was well. I haven't I've, seen. I haven't it seen. In, yeah, I haven't seen it a long time. I, I mean, yeah. just but. in general, I think we should with that because I feel like this movie is where we really start to notice it. Just like how uh, different Harrison Ford became over time. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of, I don't want to sound really mean, but Harrison Ford for a while kind of stopped being the best actor. It felt like as the older he got, he was trying to always really carry himself as being too grumpy and like just really overdoing the talking through his teeth thing. Like almost like he was really trying to compensate. And that's, I was at uh, a kingdom of a crystal skull, I think is where I really first started to notice that. Mm, that's fair really yeah, I, uh, I think like there's... I, I, yeah i feel like he was having a pretty good time with this one yeah i, I, don't, uh, I don't disagree yeah I um, think... well, also I, th- I think that is because it is indiana jones and that's like his favorite thing right um but like, I, 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 I will say i don't hate this movie i don't hate it either i have a lot of problems with it but there are mm-hmm. things i don't mind like i i overall i think it's like the mo- the most boring of the uh, indiana jones movies it has um, the most pat- unnecessary padding. Like, there's that yeah, guy played yeah. by Ray Weinstone, and I don't know why he's there. <laughs> he's just a greedy asshole who dies. See, I don't. Rem- yeah, I don't remember yeah. it very well, like at all. All I remember yeah. is that when I saw it, I really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had very much the similar similar reaction as the kids in South Park did. Right? Where I mean, not as extreme, obviously, <laughs> because I don't want to say what they say in that show. You can go look that up, but. Mm. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, they kind of really shit the bed on this. But having said that, I haven't seen it in 15 years. Right? Yeah. Or whenever it came out. When did it come out? 2008. 2008. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So not came out when, No, it came out when I was in high school. Yeah. So 2008, 2009 sounds about right. Yeah. 
Okay, um, there you go. Yeah, because and what, whatever, however long that is, but yeah, it just didn't really do a whole lot for me. I do think. Yeah. Mutt Williams is such. It's not a bad character, but yeah. just like, was he necessary? Do, yeah, I do like the idea of Indy having like a son that he didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that could be fun, and I, I I genuinely do like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, uh, I do. I, I actually do like that scene where those scenes were where before he finds out he's his son, where he's like, oh, you don't have to go to school, make your own way. But he finds out he's his son. It's like you are going to school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like moments like that. I like a fair bit. It was great to see uh, Karen Allen back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh, some uh, oh, what do you and Vera, what do you call it? the uh, the fight in Area 51 is pretty cool just because that's where I felt oh, yeah. like the most was done in camera mm-hmm. with the but cars like, like the. Yeah. 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 No, the problem. But one thing that uh, I know uh, a lot of people have brought this up in recent years, but just how polished that movie looks, despite the fact that I know it was shot on film, but it Mm. looks just way too clean. Yeah. Like it looks like something, I don't know how to explain it. Like, cause again, I know most of it is in camera, but it all looks so fake. It looks very fake. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is such a shame because like you said, all the other ones look and feel real. Um, Mm -hmm. And the action feels real. Even if sometimes you're like, "Ah, that's a rubber snake. Um, But (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. With Not like, oftentimes, like, that's obviously a very real thing. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> the backgrounds feel false. It's almost as if you're not you're not watching a movie in front of you. You're not watching a movie behind you. You're watching a mm-hmm. movie in the middle, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I, I, think, I, I see what you're getting like, at. Like, no, really, fo- like, glossy and foggy, or, sorry, like, washed out over top, but the background is trying to compensate for it. So, I, it, yeah, it just feels like I'm watching a movie in the middle. Yeah, because yeah. again, I know they shot on they shot on film and so much in camera. Like I, to be, I think it might have been like a Jurassic World scenario where in post they just went back and they fucked around with some stuff. Mm. Maybe, and and then obviously I think one of the most controversial elements of that movie uh, are the aliens, which uh, um, so, <sighs> which I don't I'm I'm kind of mixed uh, on that because like because. On one in one one half of my brain is like that doesn't fit at all. That's dumb. That's that's so weird. Then the other half is like that kind of fits perfectly. Like, it does. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I like think, it's. I'm I'm very conflicted on that. The problem is, I think the problem with it is that like, is that it comes in at the halfway point, uh, like where they fully confirm everything, and it just kind of becomes like it feels so rushed. And when you get to the end or whatnot, they start talking about the space between spaces. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think like 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 because in in Raiders of the Lost Ark, for example, they set they set the idea that the Ark has powers immediately. Right. And like we we know everything we need to know about the Ark. We don't we don't know if that's true or not, but we know that it exists. It's said to be powerful, stuff like that. In one of the greatest pieces of exposition, where they literally yes. explain it to you word for word. Yeah, yeah, right. and it's great. It's yeah. great. It's fa- yeah, it's um, functional. Yeah. And this movie again, I haven't seen it for a while. It's been probably like five or so years since I watched it last. Um, I don't think the idea of aliens is on the table till at least like two thirds of the way through the movie. Yeah, I don't. Think yeah, so. it's not. It's not till like well after the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they they definitely tee it up as like, oh, it's another like um, religious artifact or whatever, mm-hmm. and treat it as such. Yeah, it's not until I think. Yeah, you're right about halfway that the aliens show up. Um, but I don't I don't disagree with you, Lucas. I think the aliens quite frequent. Uh, sorry, quite um, honestly. Um, Frankly, that's the word I was looking for. Quite frankly, um, is kind of the natural step. You know? I think what I would have yeah. done is I wouldn't have confirmed them being aliens. I would have kept it still like in a mysticism where like you still don't know for sure. 
it's kind mm. of unknown. Like it could very well be an act of God or it could, because the whole original thing was about India essentially like looking for God. Yeah. I was in that yeah. sense. And I feel like if, there has to have been something they could have done to tie those two together. Yeah. Like, I, th I think, I don't think it's a bad idea to have aliens in an Indiana Jones movie. I think the, I think that card should have been on the table much earlier. Yeah. Uh, I, Cause give the audience time to acclimate to it yeah. <laughs> instead of just like, Oh, by the way, they're aliens. Oh, in the theater. What? I remember when they revealed that, that dead alien and my dad just rolled his eyes. He was like, Oh fuck, we're going here. Yeah. 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 Cause like, cause like that is, that is the time period. Like uh, Ros that it was around the time for Roswell, right? Yeah. Like that's when that movie takes place. Or no, it's yeah. 10 years after. Yeah. It's 10 years yeah. after Raiders. So, okay. Yeah. Somewhat. But yeah, any anyway, that's that's kind of, that was kind of the craze at the time. That was that was the mythology of that like period of time, right? So it kind of makes sense, um, but at the same time, it makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like I don't know what they should have. I feel like well, because this movie had a very long development. I think part of a problem is that I question how much outside of Harrison Ford anybody really wanted to make it because like mm. they said uh, was it because fans demanded more and more for years and they threw around scripts for. Uh, for like over a decade, like there was one turned in by uh, Frank Darenbont. Uh, there was one point where uh, Steven Spielberg tried to commission Shyamalan to write a script for it, what? but he passed on it saying, uh, no, it's too close to me uh, to write anything about this. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was written by David Kep, a co-op. Who is a very hit or miss writer. Incredibly mm. hit or miss, yeah. Because he wrote Premium Rush and directed it. Um, he also, but he also wrote Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. um, but he also wrote The Lost World. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he also oh, wrote Andy Spider wrote. Man. He actually most of a Groder lines in Spider Man, from what I understand, come from him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Crystal Skull is it's maybe one that I probably should watch again. Just to, yeah, I don't, to, I don't know. It's it's I, I don't find it really worth rewatching. Like I I don't find it like as as uncomfortable as I find Temple. Right. It's mostly just boring. That's fair. Yeah. I, anyway, that's how we feel about yeah. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, um, but uh, what is it? I, before we uh, do like close everything off, I was going to ask you, you guys, like, what do you think did happen to Harrison Ford? Uh, was it which like made him like which made it come across as he as he does there? So I think, um, in part, what? it's because he knew how big of a star he is, right, and was able to kind of be like. Um, you're not working on my time or I'm not working on your time. You're working on my time. And that's just kind of the attitude that it seems like he, he managed to get in the two thousands and the nineties. He still did some good performances in the two thousands, you know, like apparently firewall is really good. You know, mm -hmm. it's one of those movies that, that people really appreciate. Um, yeah, he, I think it was just one of those situations where he just kind of stopped. I wouldn't say stopped caring, but just knew he didn't have to try as hard because he mm -hmm. was making, they're going to pay him anyway. You know, because yeah. I remember I've told mentioned this on the show before, but like uh, when uh, Force Awakens was coming out and I saw it, one of the biggest takeaways I had was that I was like that. I was amazed that we got the performance from Harrison Ford that we did in that movie. Yeah, because like uh, he's actually really said, good. Yeah, because like uh, I was really because, well, I mean, I there's still the whole thing of like, well, Harrison Ford's obviously a very different person. Mm -hmm. But I was, but I was scared that he was just going to be like all grumpy the whole time or whatnot. But I thought he slipped, but he's but they're like somehow they slipped him right back into it yeah, yeah and, and they kind of and in that movie they kind of wrote han to fit like the new harrison ford right they, they made him a little bit more uh, uh gritty and kind of uh grumpy, grumpy. i guess senile uh yeah it might I, I don't know what happened i think 
I'm not really sure, to be honest. Uh, I the impression I get is he got kind of disillusioned with Hollywood, mm-hmm. like cause maybe because I, I, I know he he wanted Han Solo to die in in Return of the Jedi, and I think he might have been upset that Indiana Jones four didn't come sooner, right? Because like he said, he loves that character so much. Um, this is all pure speculation, by the way. We we have no fucking clue. I also. Um, uh... Yeah. And I mean, based on uh, people who I uh, was, people I know who have talked with or met Harrison Ford, they've said like, like despite his grumpy, his kind of standoffish demeanor, he's a nice enough guy. Mm-hmm. They've said he's just kind of like, he's just a little grisly and a little like, uh, just again, very, pro- very does not much does not like the Hollywood scene. Yeah. And like, he's, he's been fiercely private, obviously. I think that might've been part of it. Like paparazzi and people like trying to poke and prod into his life. Because there's so many quotes of him saying shit like, yeah, I'm an actor. That's just my job. Leave me alone. Leave right. me alone. Right. Um, and I think I think he just got really mad about things. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I remember even at a con once, I was uh, very, I, rem- I came shockingly close once to buying a poster of uh, Empire signed by him, Carrie Fisher, and uh, Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? And uh, the reason I was talking about the price tag was super high. And I remember the guy saying the reason why it's as high as it is, is because where Harrison Ford rarely signs anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like just because he has no interest in involving himself whatsoever. He will never do a con. Especially yeah. Star he, Wars stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think he hated being famous. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. He probably just wanted to act and go home. Mm-hmm. Flies plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe go back to carpentry one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, if you look at his last couple of years, it's he's been in something roughly every year um, since 2010. Actually, pretty much every single year I'm looking at it, um, and like a lot of these movies are hit or miss. Like 42, pretty good. Ender's Game, not great, right? Anchorman 2, not great. Uh, uh, Blade Runner 2049, great, but he was also really happy to come back for that one, right? Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker, big poop show, big old, big old shit fucking fuck you movie. Uh, <laughs> but then I've heard Call of the Wild is also like first. It's not the best, but like, you know, I've been told the movie is not very good, but his performance is actually really solid. Yeah, mm. which I can imagine. Um, anyway, that is Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Thanks, Harrison. National national treasure. Coming up next I'm... on the show, we have. Harrison Ford himself here. <laughs> oh, no. sorry. What was that? No. What? Oh, oh that was Harrison Ford shit. in the background saying oh, no. Oh, oh you, well, you didn't go far enough off camera. Only. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm an idiot then. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let me go get Harrison. Anyway, uh, so I gotta go back to I'm gonna crush another plane. Anyway, this has been Harrison Ford, the the Thundercats. Love you, love you, Harrison. You're great. We love Indiana Jones. Okay, coming up next on the Thundercast is Cool Wars. That's right. We'll see you in a minute. We uh we played Ark and our dinosaur died. Yeah. Yep. Fuck I, fart died. Fuck unfortunately. Fart. Yeah. Unfortunately. All right. Welcome back to the Thundercast. No wacky voices this time. We're back. We're back on the show, and here we are. We are going to be doing 
Cool, cool, cool Wars. Wars. That's right. Cool Wars is a game we like to play at the end of, at the end of every single episode of the Thundercast, in which we pit two characters against each other uh, based purely off of a list, an entirely arbitrary list that we made. Um, uh, we pit two characters against each other in a battle of cool. Cool is um, valued by the definition of cool, which has several definitions. Feel free to go and look that up. Um, these people are not fighting. They are purely fight, uh, uh, having a war of coolness. Anyway, that is Cool Wars. Liam, who do we have on the docket today? Uh, so today we have a very peculiar team up. We have uh, uh, Vafon from Pan's Labyrinth versus James Bond from, well, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's the character in James Bond, none of the portrayals of James Bond. Mm. Yeah. So, so I mean that gives us a lot of wiggle room to talk of. yeah maybe a little too much but maybe a little too much um why don't you well let's let's minimize it let's do eight minutes we've done All right. it. yeah so we we've we've discovered that over the past couple of ones cool words that we've done because originally it was 12 right it was 12 minutes then it was 10 now we're at Something eight like that yeah okay i think eight minutes is more than enough for us to make the decision <laughs> all um, right all right hit timer and let's go. And let's go. Okay. So James Bond has quite literally been the definition of cool for a very long time. Which, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. For better or for <laughs> worse, because some of the things that he has done are quite problematic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's also a cold-blooded killer. He is an yep. assassin. In Bond some was literally created as an... Ex- he is literally an instrument and extension of a British government. Mm-hmm. That's how he was written. In fact, mm-hmm. part of the reason his yep. name is James Bond is because Ian Fleming wanted to come up with the most bland, generic name possible for a guy to be. And now it's the it's a generic cool name. I know. Jam- In fact, How I'm pretty James sure he Bond a, not a cool name. I'm pretty sure yeah. he was named after an accountant or something. I'd have to look it up again. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a man who uh, is very great with the ladies. Uh, he's uh... A man in some regards, live. <laughs> Uh, he's a man who is very good with a gun. You know what I learned today was mm-hmm. that in Skyfall, there's a scene where uh, Daniel Craig was wearing gloves when he probably shouldn't have been wearing gloves because the gun that Q gives him, the only way he can shoot it is if his his hands on the gun. Oh he, yeah, and he was wearing gloves, so uh, they had to completely CG hands on him for that sight for that scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is just pretty fucking funny. Anyway. Oh, man. Um, the Fawn. Mm-hmm. He is essentially Athelia's guide into um, the, uh, was it into uh, her, of uh, a mystic world? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it into a fairy tale world, which, uh, depending on your interpretation of a film, is either all in her mind or, act- or does actually exist. Right. And so the Fawn, for anybody who doesn't know, is, is kind of like a goat esque creature. You know, I think it's on the cover in the movie, isn't yeah, it? He, well, yeah. he's Pan. Yeah, he's Pan, right? Um, yeah, uh, really, really cool design. Incredibly yeah. cool. Kind of yeah, terrifying. <laughs> kind of terrifying, yeah. Kind of creepy. But, like, also, all, all the makeup and, like, prosthetics and effects that went into creating the fawn, extremely cool. Yeah, very, very cool. And, yeah, the amount of work is just outstanding. Like, the fact that Doug Jones had to walk around on stilts. Oh yeah, and uh, while filming, mm-hmm. he had to work with a bunch of actors, despite not speaking, uh, not speaking uh, fluent Spanish. Because does, like, does Doug Jones also play the Pale Man? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Pale Man's the one with the eyes in his hand. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
Uh, it's one been a while most, since I saw Pan's Labyrinth. One of the most terrifying movie monsters I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah Scary shit. shit. Um, um, so what's cool about um, Pan, or the Fawn, is that he's trying to protect her, but also doesn't really do a great job of it. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> you know? I mean, he, he very much puts his foot down when she doesn't listen to him. Yeah. 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 It's been a long time since I've seen it too, but yeah, I think we're purely going off of what he looks like. I mean, I don't know, like, um, and kind of, and kind of the vibe, like the, the, um, like the tone that like, like, or what he adds to the tone. Yeah. And the presence and Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Cause he doesn't say anything, right? Oh no, he talks. Okay. Yeah. It's been a long Uh, time. He's the one who explains everything to Athelia. Does he speak Spanish? Uh, yes. Oh, uh, though I don't, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think uh, Doug Jones did the uh, uh, did the Spanish dub. Yeah, I don't think mm. so. Okay. Um, and James Bond uh, is kind of like you, like you said, has been kind of the, the 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 definition of cool for a very long time. Nowadays, though, I think his coolness is being brought more into question. Yeah, his uh, with the sure. with the rampant misogyny and sexual and, assault and, that he's been involved in, yes. and uh, um, the, and just his blatant atti- anti intellectual attitude. Yeah, like yeah. leave Q alone. He gave you an invisible car. <laughs> he gives you all of these cool gadgets to play with, and all you do is give him shit. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of a dick. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean, some of I mean, what do you call it? Also, like, and also, most people's enjoyment of Bond very much varies on who portrays him or whatnot. Like, mm, most people, most people, uh, at least, uh, what is it? I know my dad is very partial to uh, Daniel Craig. Uh, well, his partner is very partial to Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a soft spot for Dalton. Even though he was only in um, one movie, wasn't he? He only got two. Ah, and that's okay. because he was kind of a more grizzled, ang- uh, dark Bond before Daniel Craig. Right. Right after yeah. Roger Moore and people weren't ready for that. Yeah. And the the funny thing is the reason Daniel Craig was such a uh, uh, grizzled, dark Bond was because of Austin Powers. Yeah, <laughs> they had like, to push it the other direction. Yeah, they yeah. had to. Like they didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, and because uh, what's it called? Uh, right before uh, rape, uh, right at the time Austin Powers was coming out, uh, Die Another Day ran Pierce Brosnan into the ground mm-hmm. with him surfing tidal waves and like. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've personally never been super fond of the James Bond movies. Uh, I've, I've always found them kind of dull. You're not fond of Bond. Not fond of Bond. I'm <laughs> fond either. of the Bond though. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fond not. Fond of I'm not. I'm not fond. I'm not fond of the Bond, but I am fond of, fond of the Bond. Yeah. <laughs> One thing Christ. I will not take away from uh, Daniel Craig's Bond is the open is that first action scene in a uh, Casino Royale where he's just chasing that guy doing the parkour. Oh yeah. And like yeah. that guy's just like flipping through windows or whatnot, and Bond just crashes through a wall, grown going after him, <laughs> and he's just not. He's not fucking around. I think kind of why it's fun to watch Bond <laughs> is because like his employers are all about, they all hate him or whatnot. And they can't stand, but like, but the fact that he's just too good at what he does to, uh, yeah. for them to get rid of. Yeah. 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 Um, where are we at on the timer there, Liam? Uh, two minutes. Two minutes left? Yes. I already kind of have mine in, in the bag. Yeah, I think looks, I have mine. Yeah. It looks like we might only need six minutes for cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's good to have uh, extra time it if is. you go over. That's true. That's true. Okay. Ready? On the count of three. Okay. Three. Two, two, one, one. The fun. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, yeah. watch it again. It's brilliant. I, I intend to want try to watch yeah, it. I remember, I remember loving it when I saw it. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a good one. Anyway, I remember being upset that I had to read subtitles though. <laughs> <laughs> I do find that sometimes when I watch a movie with subtitles, I I tend to. There are times where I tend to ignore it. 
and I just watch mm. the movie and I kind of just try to ga- gather the information. Oh, yeah. That does not always work. <laughs> no. The reason no. I can have problems with subtitles or whatnot, even though I do prefer that to dubs or whatnot, is the fact that I still at times feel like there is a bit of a, lo- a loss in translation from what the writer intended. Right. Part of why Pan's Labyrinth, I think, is a very special exception is because Del Toro intentionally uh, made it so that it's very hard to come across an English dub. Right. And we're all fan done, and he put the uh, translations in himself because he's fluent in both languages. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There's been a couple movies I've seen, I've seen the dub, and it's actually been pretty okay. You know, like some of the, the Ghibli films? Like, mm-hmm. some of those are pretty good, even yeah. though there's moments where, like, I was watching one with subtitles and the like i was watching the so the subtitles were english translations of korean or sorry not korean of of japanese and then the dub was in english and so like there was mm-hmm. times where i'd be like that's not what you said it's <laughs> <laughs> not right at all <laughs> miyazaki is very lucky that his films get as dubbed as well as they do here that's true, that's mm-hmm. true. anyway this has been the Thundercast for yes. this week. If you like what you heard slash saw, make sure to go and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. On Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, we are Thunder Lizard Collective. And on Twitter, we are Thunder Lizard OG. Um, uh, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Thunder Lizard. Support us. Ooh. It's great. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of perks. We're going to do Give a post. Your money. That's right. We're going to do a post show after this. It's about 10, 15, maybe sometimes a little longer of talking of just us random crap things that maybe didn't fit into the show um but anyway it's a good place for you to go on that note i would like to thank our patrons so i'd like to thank kate tanya scott manos and owen um you guys have been sticking around for a long time and it's really we really appreciate it and you're going to help us uh you know buy new gear and things like that for the show to make things uh a little bit better we really appreciate it. Uh, we do have two other shows that you could go listen to. One is forthcoming, but the other one that you can go and listen to right now is Thunder and Dragons, hosted by Lucas yeah. down there. Um, he is our Thunder Master. He guides Liam, myself, and our friend Dan through Godhood in a Dungeons and Dragons live play um, uh, podcast. Uh, you can go and listen to the first two first two story arcs uh, right now. We're working on story arc number three right now, mm-hmm. and it'll be out um, pretty soon. And uh, the other show that we, we're going to start doing is called Bookzilla. And Bookzilla. Book, Bookzilla is a uh, book club podcast. Uh, if you want to know more about that, then you can go to our Patreon, where you'll be able to find out what book we are going to be reading anyway. Uh, if you liked what you heard, tell, tell a friend, share us on social media, follow us on Spotify, give us five stars on iTunes, and do the same on any other equivalent platform. This has been the Thundercast for this week. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. See ya. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs>